This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Monday, February 7th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, a manhunt is underway for three suspects who allegedly broke into a home and kidnapped a man in Philadelphia on Sunday night. Police confirmed that this investigation spans three different locations, including Rivers Casino in Fishtown. The incident started at a home as a home invasion in the city's Holmesburg neighborhood. At some point during the incident, police say the uh, suspects kidnapped the man before letting him go at a Wawa in Wisconsin. Around 9 p.m., medical staff and police tended to the man who is believed to be the victim. Due to his injuries, the man was taken to Jefferson Frankfurt Hospital for treatment. Police confirm that officers are also responded to Rivers Casino in Fishtown in connection with the case. Detectives are still working to confirm details, but 6ABC reported that the kidnappers may have taken the victim from the home to the casino. It remains unclear exactly how the casino location plays into the home invasion investigation. The three suspects remain on the loose. Anyone with information is asked to call the Philadelphia Police Department by calling 215-686-TIPS. Yeah, normally you'd think that they would have saw him perhaps winning at the casino. Yeah, but they took him from They took him to, to the casino, yeah. Yeah, weird. A Navy SEAL candidate who died just hours after completing the grueling Hell Week test was identified Sunday as a 24-year-old sailor who joined the military last year. Seaman Kyle Mullen died at a San Diego area hospital on Friday after he and another SEAL trainee reported experiencing symptoms of an unknown illness, the Navy said. The other sailor, whose name has not been released, was hospitalized in stable condition, the San Diego Union-Tribune reported Sunday. The cause of death is unknown and under investigation. Both men fell ill just hours after they successfully completed the test that ends the first phase of the assessment and selection for the elite basic underwater demolition SEAL class. The Navy said neither one had experienced an accident or unusual incident during the five-and-a-half-day hell week. Mm -hmm. The commander of Naval Special Welfare Command uh, in Corando, California, offered his sympathy. These two, or not, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Mullen's family in a statement. Um, a new a new mask policy takes effect today uh, in the school district of Philadelphia based on recent guidance from the CDC. School officials are recommending students, faculty, and staff to ditch cloth masks and choose from the following options. A three-ply surgical mask, a KN95 mask, or an N95 respirators. Temple Health Dr. Delena Wardlaw says she thinks that this is an appropriate step. We do know that the Omicron variant there are a large number of children affected and we still know there is a large percentage of children under 12 that are not vaccinated she said. Uh, the school district says those who insist on wearing a cloth mask should double up with a three-ply disposable mask which the district provides. Uh, starting February 7th all district schools and offices will be provided a supply of adult KN95 masks to distribute to staff who may want them. I use a regular cloth mask but I tuck a chicken cutlet under it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Is he and, hungry? Uh, I think it's Serves that dual purpose. Yeah. Is it yeah. raw or is it cooked? <sighs> I've been cooking mine. Okay, yeah, so, smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Am I making a mistake? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I wouldn't safe. want to get any sort yeah. of disease. It's salmonella. Yeah. yeah. District spokesperson. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> District spokesperson Monica Lewis said that we've done a very effective job in keeping the transmission rate in our schools down, but also keeping our staff and students safe so that we can have in-person learning. In sports this morning. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Embiid had 40 points and 10 rebounds. And the Sixers overcame DeMar DeRozan's season-high 45-point game to beat the Bulls 119-108 to yesterday in Chicago. The Sixers won the matchup between two of the Eastern Conference's top teams after letting a 17-point lead early in the fourth quarter shrink to four. They hung on down the stretch to beat the Bulls for the 10th straight game. They also knocked Chicago a half a game behind first place Miami and pulled within a game and a half of the Miami Heat for first. The Sixers are back home tomorrow night, and they'll host the top team in the West, the Phoenix Suns. The Metro Division won the NHL All-Star Game, beating the Central Division 5-3. Flyer Center... I was waiting for it. Flyer Center, Claude Giroux, and the captain of the team was named MVP and received a new Honda Passport for scoring three goals in the tournament, including two in the final. The players split, split a million-dollar prize. Wow. It's the third time the Metro uh, won the All-Star Game in the six seasons that it used a three-on-three tournament format. And at the Olympics, the Canadian women's ice hockey team refused to take the ice for nearly an hour while they waited for the Russian Olympic Committee's COVID-19 test results. Six members of the ROC squad were placed in isolation last week after testing positive. Canada went on to win uh, 6-1 after players took the ice wearing masks due to safety and security concerns. And that's what I have for you this morning. Hi, right, thanks, Gad. So we return from the weekend uh, fresh and anew. Oh, yeah. Ready to begin. Like a, like a flower. Right. Yeah. Just like that. Like exactly. a freshly picked flower. Yeah. So uh, we're all freshly picked flowers here ready for you today. <laughs> Uh, with the new Word of the Week prize, we have a two-night stay at uh, Live Hotel and a $300 dining credit to use at any of Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia restaurants. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, just keep track of the letters, and it'll make a word, and on Friday, we'll give that away. Uh, we have a couple things happening. Guest-wise, we are going to have, yes, today, from what we understand, <laughs> Martin Cove and his two kids, his son Jesse and his daughter Rachel, who are fraternal twins, will be joining us. They do a podcast about... Cobra Kai. It's called Kicking It with the Coves. And so we will talk to them around 9 o'clock this morning. Now, third time's going to be the charm. It is. Yeah, it's uh, got to be, right? We had them, and then it's been rescheduled, and it better be the greatest interview ever. <laughs> but I'm definitely looking forward to it. We've had Martin Cove here in the studio before, and he's awesome. And uh, the show Cobra Kai is, is one of my favorites that's out there right now. So that's happening. And we also have actually an early concert announcement. We're, I, sh- I assume we're going to do it at the end of the next uh, segment? Yeah, probably we'll okay, have to Okay, because it's yeah. around 7 yeah, that yeah, we've yeah, been yeah. given the go-ahead to announce this information. This is cool. It's, it's, uh, it's a really cool one, I think. Yes. We'll dig. So, a big one. We have that happening, and uh, we'll find out what else is going on. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a second. Got a uh, juicy entertainment report. A lot to unpack today from the weekend, so... We'll get into that together as well as a stupid question, some stuff to win. We're here with you on this Monday, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Acme Markets is making your grocery shopping and saving easier than ever. Download the Acme app today to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks. Use it to view the weekly ad, clip digital coupons, redeem rewards, and to shop any way you want. In-store, delivery, or drive up and go. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver it right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, let's give something away. Stupid question prize. Got a pair of tickets to see Ghost and Volbeat. Uh, Yeah, the show is presented by MMR, and it is this Saturday 
at the Waterfront Music Pavilion. That's Camden. That's the BBN. Right, right, yeah. So, all right. So the question we're going to go with this morning, uh, Black History Month question. In 2001, when Denzel Washington won the Oscar for Best Actor, who won Best Actress that year? Mm-hmm. All right, 2001, 215-263, WMMR. So Denzel won Oscar for Best Actor, who won Best Actress that year. Call now if you know that answer. We'll mention some birthdays while we wait for you to get in touch with us. And we'll begin with a milestone birthday on Monday, February 7th, for Mr. Garth Brooks. He turns 60 years old today. Superstar. Yeah. In the country realm. And and a nice crossover artist, too, because he kind of bridged the gap between... Uh, kind of like, um, oh, uh, Zach Brown now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit of rock influence. And he, he's not straight up rock in his music, but he had this kind of rock sensibility. Well, he's a and big... he, he liked bands like Kiss and Van Halen. And Van Halen Huge and Van stuff. Halen yeah, fan. so I, I thought that was a cool little bridge of, of country and, and rock. And, and he's personal friends with Chris Gaines, right? Yes. Do you uh, want to explain that? Yeah. yeah. That's one of those acts that I'd like to see. Like, I'm not a huge Garth Brooks fan, but I've heard he puts on a great show, and I'd like to go see him live Chris, sometime. Chris Gaines was his um, alter temporary ego. alter ego. Yeah. He tried to do it all the... And you know what? The music wasn't bad. It was okay. Yeah, they did a, uh, a VH1 spoof on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. It's the only song I know of his. Okay. I, I mean, uh, wait, 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 wait. Thunder Rolls. The Thunder Rolls. Okay, yeah, I know that one. one. That's about uh, domestic violence. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. The song called Rodeo he had, I remember. He's, obviously, he's had a lot of big country hits. But uh, who's he married to now? I don't know. She's uh, another country. Trisha Yearwood. Yeah, Trisha Yearwood. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, he's 60 years old today, Mr. Garthbrooks. Ashton Kutcher has a birthday today. And Ashton turns 44 years old. Entrepreneur. Apparently, he's Mensa level smart. Who would have known no. that? Yes, yes. Apparently, that's the case. Oh. And uh, we watched a video of him last week, Preston, where uh, Mila Kunis was breaking dry January a little bit early. Yep, yep. And uh, having some fun with that. He busted her. Uh, so they make a great couple. They yeah. do. And uh, so he is 44 years old today. It's also Chris Rock's birthday day. We were just talking about Chris Rock earlier. Um, he is 57 years old today. Uh, and we were talking about how when he first came on the scene, he was like 18, 19 oh my God. years old. Like a kid. And he was a, he was a uh, an Eddie Murphy phenom, uh, but still a teenager. I saw him break at out. a place called the Eastside Comedy Club, Long Island Press. And that's where like Eddie Murphy and other people were working when they first started, and when he walked up on the stage, you thought, is this guy looking for his mom? He right. looked that young. Uh, so he is 57 today. Wow. Uh, then you have the great James Spader. Wow. Uh, who turned 62 years old. Ultron. Uh, that's correct. And the I, voice of Ultron. Yeah. An underappreciated performance, I think. That is a that is a great performance. I love that. There, there are throwaway lines in that movie that Ultron delivers that are very funny. Yep, I agree. Uh, when he... <laughs> when he when he cuts off, oh, oh. Uh, the guy's arm. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am, that, that, that looks like that hurts. Claw, right? Yeah. Claw, yeah. yeah. That was great. Uh, but also in a lot of great uh, shows and movies throughout the years, uh, Sex Lies and Videotape. Uh, he, was on, he had a great turn on The Office. Yeah. Uh, Boston Legal, Blacklist, a bunch of stuff. Uh, so he's 62 today. Uh, Eddie Izzard, or Izzard, I'm not sure exactly how he prefers to have it pronounced. Uh, super nice guy. Came by here uh, when he was in town one time. Great. And uh, great comedian and actor. Uh, he turns uh, 60 years old today. And he just prefers to wear, his wim- wear women's clothing, I believe. Yeah. Is he, he likes that sensibility. Certainly. Uh, uh, he, he, you can see him. He'll, he'll go out. He 
Whatever catches whatever, his fancy. Whatever yeah, he's yeah, yeah. feeling like. Yeah, he's got a great right. manicure, man. Uh, yeah, we did talk about his nails while he was here. Yeah. And the dude is blessed with this sort of um, uh, physical ability. Like, he, he was, for a while, was running a marathon every yeah. day. Yeah, every day. Every day. Insane. Yeah. Uh, so, happy 60th to Eddie Izzard. Uh, Emo Phillips. <laughs> we had him in studio. Comedian. And, he, and when his interview was over, man, he disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he had this quirky character yeah. uh, that that uh, that he created in the late 1980s, early 90s, and uh, it was this goofball kind of weird, yeah. eccentric character, and couldn't exist outside that character. Uh, right. He dated uh, Judy Tenuti. You remember her? Yeah. Oh, I loved her too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he is 66 today. And then the last birthday I saw is actress Deborah Ann Wall. Yes. Yeah, she's in uh, Daredevil and True she, Blood. She, That's the chick, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. She's Preston. She's oh, got blonde? a porcelain skin. Yeah. Yes, yes. Very pretty. I, I like her. She is uh, 37 years old today. All right, let's see if uh, somebody indeed knows the answer to this question. In 2001, when Denzel Washington won the Oscar for Best Actor, who won Best Actress that year? Uh, two one five two six three WMMR. Let's go to Andy. See if we can get the answer. Yo, Andy. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. How you guys doing today? Great, buddy. All right, Andy. Do me a favor. Tell me what actress in two thousand one best won best actress for uh, an Oscar for that. That would be uh, Holly Berry. Holly Berry. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, Andy. You got yourself a pair of tickets to Ghost and Volbeat presented by MMR. And it is this Saturday, February 12th, Waterfront Music Pavilion. Tickets are on sale now via Ticketmaster. And MMR VIPs, you can click contest, WMMR.com. We're giving away a Ghost autographed guitar, by the way, and mm-hmm. drumhead, uh, plus a four-pack of tickets. So check that out at WMMR.com. At the box office this weekend, Jackass Forever. Uh, brought in number one with $23.5 million. It was followed by Moonfall, Spider-Man No Way Home, Scream, Sing 2 came in at fifth. Followed by The Kingsman, Redeeming Love, American Underdog, The 355. And last at the box office at number 10 was The Wolf and the Lion. I think domestically, the Spider-Man movie is not that far away from overtaking... The number one highest grossing movie domestically. Nick, if you can do a little check on that, but I think it's well within range. It's at $749 million uh, Mm. so far. And uh, it's pretty pretty good. So it's close to what now? The um... unless I'm, uh, it's closing in on a record. For some reason, I thought it was the the highest grossing domestic movie. I'll but, look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, while you were looking that up, I'll go through some uh, entertainment stories because that's what we do here. Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott are welcoming baby number two. Hey, yep. had baby Jenner. They need some good news. Uh, yeah. Posted a black and white photo to Instagram on Sunday with the caption that wrote two two twenty two. Along with a blue heart emoji uh, in the photo, Stormy Webster, uh, Jenner and Scott's first child, holds the newborn baby's hand. Uh, Jenner did not reveal the baby's name, but E! News reports that she gave birth to a baby boy. Uh, Scott commented on the photo with one blue heart emoji and six brown heart emojis. I'd reverse the name of the daughter and make him Webster Stormy. Webster Stormy? There you go. Uh, The newborn baby was born one day after Stormy's birthday. Uh, which is February 1st. Man. So they're going to have, uh, I would imagine, 
You know, dual parties. You, yes, well, I mean, right. normal no people would have dual parties. Yeah, they kids. will not. They will not. You're right. They'll have two separate blowouts. In two separate countries. Uh, <laughs> she just turned four years old, and Insider told E! News that leading up to the birth, Stormy uh, talked about the baby all day long. So It's adorable. I shared this with Kathy. James McAvoy is a married man. In a new interview with The Guardian published on Thursday, the 42-year-old actor revealed that he privately tied the knot with Lisa Liberati, who is from Philadelphia. She's from Delco, actually. They've been together for a while. Stop it. Yeah, she... What? He's looking for points. Casey's gesturing oh. for points. Don't go asking for those. No. You mean like Kathy asked a couple I'll of weeks ago? I'll give it. I'll give it. Don't pull me into uh, your no, job. You but did. He, and, he, I got, he, and then he smacked my nose with a newspaper, he Kathy. He didn't acquiesce. He did not put down points simply because Kathy asked. It has to be what moves him. But it, I do agree. That we go five points for Delco. Wow. So oh, now. So you gave in to his. <laughs> no, 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 I was so going Kathy, to anyway. He's childless. He just, he, I just got smacked on the nose again, Kathy. Kathy, this should be every incitement to try to curry points all the time. This yeah. is going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually, I already hate it. I, I already hate it. it not fun. Just keep your mouth shut oh, and shit. let Preston make the decision. This is a great time. Why don't you be quiet? Okay. Anyway, Lisa is a friend of mine, and so I'm so excited um, that they are married. They yes. started dating a while ago when they were filming what were they filming here was it um split split no it was that's before, when they met no it was before split okay um uh maybe it was um um uh, oh man now now is it track. Was... no 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 it was uh the one before that damn it, it. was the one before that yeah <laughs> uh glass? unbreakable no gloss gloss was it glass was it glass glass okay, was, it was after split. you're right you're right, right right glass was after split so i think it was split and then glass came after that yeah so anyhow, yeah. uh, in fact, it says here, yes, Split, uh, the newspaper reported that the actor declined to offer further comment. Uh, the couple connected in 2016 on the set of the film Split, okay. which uh, Liberati was working on as a, uh, as M. Night Shyamalan's personal assistant. And they started dating a few years later, and McAvoy confirmed that they were wed. I would assume that Knight was invited, right? to the. I think it was like, like a private ceremony, private. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, he said he is not going to comment uh, any further on his uh, personal life for fear of creating tabloid fodder. Uh, he told the Guardian that the city of brotherly love is like a second home. Aww, for we me. love that. Yeah, that's great. He's she, um, um, she, well, she moved over there with him. This was years ago. And when we went over for the Eagles game, um, I met up with her. Aww, and nice. yeah, fortunately, I mean, unfortunately, he wasn't there. But um, she loves it over there. And I, so I guess that's where they'll call home. No, I've been hearing that they're kind of in a struggle right now between Folsom and Clifton. Well, they own a Delco. place here. Yeah. No, stop it. There's the two worst places. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, they're great places. I think they do have a place in the city, though. Oh. So when uh, they come back, they have somewhere to go. McAvoy, by the way, was previously married to Anne-Marie Duff from 2006-2016, and they share a son, Brendan, who was 11. Uh, McAvoy and Duff met while working on the British television show Shameless, on which Duff played McAvoy's character's love interest. In a conversation with Mr. Porter in 2017, the famously private actor acknowledged that while his life changed massively after the divorce, he intended to keep his personal life private. He said one of the things that's stayed the same is that I don't talk about my personal life really. Uh, Liberati, by the way, was last seen on McAvoy's Instagram in 2019 when he posted a photo of them in colorful wigs with matching hoodies on Halloween. So I guess he doesn't... Post that often on social media or post her. He's on a media private that. guy, I yeah. guess. And That's fine. She doesn't either, really. Okay. Well, good for them. I'm really, really happy. Yeah. He's, he the, the last time we spoke to him, he was just 
the nicest guy. Really? He's great. And we had a chance to hang out with him at Shamaween, yeah. and he was a blast there. So uh, I'm really happy. By the way, Steve, going back to your uh, Spider-Man point, uh, yes. you're right. It, it's almost uh, caught Avatar, and this is domestically. All right. So uh, it's at about nearly $750 million, which is exactly where Avatar is. And so uh, it'll pass Avatar soon, and then the next two above that are uh, Avengers Endgame. And then Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Wow, pretty big leap to get to Star Wars: The Force Awakens yeah. as it's nine hundred and thirty-six million. So it's pretty heavy duty. Really yeah, yeah. have to hang in there for a while to, to have that up, but you never know. All right, so Saturday was a blast for Jennifer Garner. She was awarded the twenty twenty-two Hasty Pudding Award ah. from Hasty Pudding Theatricals at Harvard University. Uh, the actress rode in a convertible through Cambridge, Massachusetts with members of the theatricals who were in drag. Uh, she also performed the Can-Can with students in front of Harvard's uh, Farkas Hall with her hasty pudding medal around her neck. And later that evening, she received the pudding pot on stage. She addressed the audience and said, I guarantee that my day was better and more fun than yours. I'm a devoted member of the Hasty Pudding Club from now on, and I will be a nerd in the audience next year. I promise this has been the most fun day ever. Uh, later, she was asked questions that she had to answer. That's part of being winning the award. It's the ceremony, yeah. Uh, so when an audience member asked Garner about the first kiss that she ever had, uh, she laughed. She said it was a guy named Matt Critterden, and he tried to go further than a kiss, and I swatted it away. <laughs> he broke up with me the next day because he said I was a prude, which was a badge I've worn proudly ever since I was 18. So congratulations to her. Crazy Rich Asian star, actress Aquafina, born Nora Lum, has been criticized for years for having a black scent or using African-American vernacular English, also known as AAVE. And on Saturday, the Golden Globe winner addressed the criticism on Twitter before signing off the platform entirely. Mm. Uh, she said, as a non-black person of color, I stand by the fact that I always listen and work tirelessly to understand the history and context of AAVE, which is deemed uh, appropriate or backwards toward the progress of any and every marginalized group. Uh, but I must emphasize, to mock, belittle, or to be unkind in any way possible that at the expense of others is simply not my nature. It never has and never was. Uh, she also announced that she's leaving Twitter. Uh, I like how she puts this. She says, I'm retiring from the ingrown toenail that is Twitter. <laughs> it's true. She said, not retiring from anything else, even if I wanted to. And I didn't drunkenly hit someone with a shoehorn and now escaping as a fugitive. Also, I'm available on all the other socials that don't tell you to kill yourself. <laughs> uh, she said, well, I'll see you in a few years, Twitter, per my therapist. She, she is off of that format. Yeah, her presentation's always been likable and light and, uh, you know, never thought anything of it. So I guess it's become a thing. Yes. Uh, Billie Eilish, the singer, stopped performing at her show in Atlanta, Georgia on Saturday night to help a fan who was having trouble breathing. Uh, and we have a clip of this, I believe. Uh, footage taken by a fan named uh, Dana Machias, shared with E! News, showed that the bad guy singer stopped the show to ask her team to find an inhaler for a struggling concert goer. Uh, the woman who took the video told the outlet they helped her out of general admission and made sure that she was okay. After that, Billy noticed people were struggling, so she asked everyone to take a step back and make room. Uh, suddenly, people started asking for an inhaler. And another girl was struggling to breathe, and Billy stopped everything. Here's so that she clip. could see them? Yeah, she could see them. So okay. it must have been fairly close, I guess. So here we go. Can we just, can we just grab one? Okay, it's okay, it's okay. We got one. It's okay, we got one. Guys, give her some time. Don't crowd. It's okay, nothing's happening. We're good. It's okay. 
We're taking up care of our people. Hold on. I wait for people to be okay until I can go. And that was kind of a dig on Travis Scott. I wait for people to be okay before I keep going. Right. Uh, that's what some are interpreting that as, by the way. So uh, the performance at the State Farm Arena was Eilish's second stop on her Happier Than Ever World Tour. Can people just share inhalers? Or, or they're, they're different prescription-wise, right? Yeah, or I don't know. Be? I don't know. Yeah. I think there's like, there may be like a general one because... Like a butyrol? Any histamine? Yeah, like something that... Yeah, my, my son had uh, breathing issues when he was younger, and so he had a, an inhaler of albuterol, but then there was a second one that was like a, a, a steroid, and I, I might be confusing the two. Um, so we had two different inhalers, um, but they were like generic. So like if anybody else was having a wheezing attack uh, and, and were they were like generally asthmatic, they could inhale that. Okay. All right, this was a fun little thing that popped up over the weekend. Eddie Vedder says he hated Motley Crue in the 80s, and now one of the big hair band's own is firing off his thoughts on the matter, uh, calling Pearl Jam a snore fest. <laughs> this is funny. I would normally put this in music news, yeah. but it's a little bit bigger than that now. Nikki Six tweeted out some zingers on Saturday, writing, Made me laugh today, reading how much the singer in Pearl Jam hated Motley Crue. Now considering that they're one of the most boring bands in history, it's kind of a compliment, isn't it? Uh, he wasn't done mouthing off just yet, though. In response to one fan saying that she had recommended Pearl Jam songs for a friend's newborn baby to go to sleep to, Nikki replied, or just sing to the baby with marbles in your mouth. Very zen. <laughs> And yet another fan uh, who called him lame, uh, who had uh, three mid-level songs at best, Nikki wrote, remember, there were zillions of brown-haired bands for brown-haired fans. Go find them. You will know them by the bored look on their face. Now, Vetter technically launched the first shot across the bow, taking aim at Motley Crue specifically in a recent New York Times article in which he called the four fellas and their whole vibe uh, thin on substance. He had said, while, while answering a question about whether any ripples from the Gen X alt culture explosion of the 70s and 80s extended to the president, present, uh, Eddie didn't hold back while describing an old gear-loading gig of his. I guess, was he kind of a roadie or something yeah, for a little he, bit? he got to start with uh, the Chili Peppers. He was, okay. a, he was a roadie for the Peppers. So he said, I ended up being at shows at, that I wouldn't have chosen to go to, bands that monopolized the late 80s MTV, the metal bands that, and he said, I'm trying to be nice, that I despised. Girls, 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 Motley Crue, F you. I hated it. I hated how it made the fellas look. I hated how it made the women look. It felt so vacuous. Now, Vetter went on to say that, thank God Guns N' Roses came around to put some teeth back into the genre. And finally, he took a shot at Heather Locklear, who, of course, was Tommy Lee's ex-wife. And he suggested Locklear was emblematic of how rock and roll rock and roll portrayed and or saw women in those days, explaining. But I'm circling back to say that one thing that I appreciated was uh, that in Seattle and the alternative crowd, the girls could wear their combat boots and sweaters and their hair looked like cat powers and not Heather Locklear's nothing against her. And he finishes with uh, they weren't selling themselves short. They could have an opinion and be respected. I think that's a change that lasted. It sounds so trite, but before uh, then, it was bustiers. So I don't know what that means. Well, I guess a lot of the women of the time, like uh, uh, you know, the rockers, even Madonna, they were wearing bustiers at that right, time. So right. uh, this is funny uh, that these that they're going back and forth. And uh, I don't care. No, it's uh, fun to way. watch. Yeah. I, I really don't care at all. Uh, but it is fun to watch. Yeah. So that was the first volley was Eddie's comments. Yeah, uh, in, right. in a New York Times article, they right, were asking yeah. him about that genre, and he kind of 
uh, you know, he was t- saying how he felt. He yeah. didn't like him. He did just not his type of music. So whatever. <laughs> it's Nikki just, Six. It's, it's kind of weird because you know he kind of portrays women as like unwilling participants, and that's not the case at all. Like, do you know what I mean? There like, are a lot of rockers, a lot of women that you know, that, that love that. Style of music, and we're and it was empowering to them and and to I, I to other women. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 bizarre. Like I understand what he's saying. Yeah, uh, it's just not his thing. Yeah, it, and it's not his thing, and that's fine. But you know, they, they you know, we're talking about adult women who were out having nothing but a good time. <laughs> <laughs> How could they resist? You know? Right, yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, and I understand the objectification and all that sort of stuff. But you know, it, it's it's to me, it's less that more that these guys are now in this. Bizarre feud. I don't even know if it's a feud. Has Eddie responded since well, Nikki's nah, comments? Not that Pearl I Jam did. Pearl Jam put a, a funny uh, tweet out last night, which just says, "We love our board fans." Yeah, look and, at it. And then they show these guys like absolutely rocking at a show. And, oh, that's great. Yeah. So I mean, I think at the end of the day, people are just going to have fun. I think Nikki probably took it a little personally. I don't think Eddie right. meant it personally. Yeah. No, I I agree. And and what's funny is there is. Uh, there's absurdity in both of that. Of course. In both of those bands and how they portrayed themselves. Like, yeah. I remember, okay, yeah. the, you know, the Motley Crue stuff was just over the top and got ridiculous after a while. And then when Pearl Jam came with, and, and, and I love the music, but they're kind of sullen attitude, I was like, come on, dude. You know yeah. what I mean? I was kind of that way as well. So, yeah, yeah whatever. You know, it's... At the end of the day, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Because you, you know, get some great, great, yeah. great songs out of it. Apparently, Eddie said last uh, something last night. That they had a show in North Jersey, and he said that... Uh, uh, their drummer does not need to spin upside down to get your attention. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> now it's off and running. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, going. I love kick my <laughs> kickstart my heart, and I yeah. love porch, and yeah. you know all these different songs from both men. So I, wait, I love this though. Their post, we we love our board fans. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. It's, it's really good. They're throwing yeah, they're throwing stuff and Everyone's bouncing up and down around. and going crazy. <laughs> yeah, clearly he's never been to a Pearl Jam concert. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, this was we knew this was coming, but uh, unfortunate to see nonetheless. Uh, snowboarder Sean White said on Saturday that the 2022 Winter Olympics will be his last snowboarding competition, and he said that he would retire from all contests. Uh, he said, "I think this will be my last competition, which is pretty special." Is he going to do pie eating contests and stuff like that? <laughs> no, no kind, nothing. No wow. contest. Oh. God yeah, damn I mean, it! I'm, but I mean, you knew this was coming, but like, I'm yeah. waiting to see him. What do you mean to compete for the last time? Oh, 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 to watch the Olympics? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. White uh, competed at his fifth games, and uh, competing at his fifth games games had already said 2022 would be his last appearance on the Olympic stage. Um, He won half-pipe golds in uh, 06, 2010, and 18. Uh, He said his knee and back issues had lingered, forcing him to pull out of competitions and miss training. He said it's... It's this and that. All these things are are major things that brought me to this conclusion. He added that uh, the other riders' tricks were getting heavier and heavier. And he said, this is interesting, he he had decided to retire recently during a quiet moment when he got lost and had to take a chairlift over an empty mountain by himself. Oh, my God. He said, I was watching, and the sun was going down, and it just hit me right then. So he was on the hell am I doing? (laughs) He was on this ski lift by himself. Nobody's out there, and he just had this moment. You know, and he's like, this is it. Well, he's very enthusiastic for the Olympics this time around. We have a picture of showing up. He's got huge rings attached to the back of his jacket here. Oh, wow. It's amazing. How heavy are those things? (laughs) Oh, that's just in the background? Yeah, that's the background of the picture. He said it was very sad and a surreal moment, but really joyous as well, adding that he, quote, broke down a little before calling his friends and family to tell them of his decision. 
Uh, he's one of the oldest members of the United States snowboarding team. He said that uh, he was still at the games to compete, explaining that he had been visualizing the runs that he would put down during his event next Friday. Uh, he'll face an ever younger field of competitors hungry to challenge his dominance in the sport. I was watching snowboarding this weekend. It wasn't um, his competition, but um, they called one of the snowboarders um, a video game snowboarder like basically the huh. the only time prior to this guy that those tricks could have been done was in a video game oh no kidding <laughs> yeah. okay wow well, that's yeah. that's it you're getting whole battalions of these younger competitors who yeah. were weaned on those right and but well i guess you can do that yep. so they do it <laughs> yep exactly uh, Deadline reports that after Joe Rogan's repeated use of the N-word was exposed by singer India Ari on Friday, Dwayne The Rock Johnson seemingly adjusted his stance on the podca- podcaster. While Johnson had previously commented in support of Rogan, uh, the Jungle Cruise star responded to Don Winslow on Twitter Friday saying, I was not aware of his N-word use before my comments, but now I've become educated to his complete narrative learning moment for me. And that video made the rounds over the weekend. It was a, a, a montage of, of Joe saying that over and over. So some people are speaking out about that. Uh, people reports that Chelsea Handler had to cancel three shows in Oregon on her vaccinated and horny comedy tour uh, after she was hospitalized on Friday. Uh, she addressed fans from her hospital bed saying, I am so sorry that I had to cancel my shows tonight in Portland and my show in Eugene. I had a scare at the hospital and I don't have COVID, but I'm okay. But I had to reschedule my shows. Eugene. <laughs> and she said, but I'm all okay and I am not pregnant. So I don't know what. Why? But she had an episode. Of who, who, are we, who are we having on this week? A female comedian? Are we having? Um, oh, oh, Tammy, Tammy? Pescatelli. Okay, no. Then there was another one of one, uh, Heather um, McDonald. McDonald. She had a film broker um, cracked her skull. Yeah, or another something ha- like that. hospital thing. Oh. Yeah, she passed out. She was on stage. She was joking about uh, you know uh, being vaxxed and all that stuff and doing the you know and and she completed the joke and just at the point she completed the joke. She passed out, and everyone thought it was part of the routine, but it oh wasn't. Yeah. Right, right. You know, you know what's weird? Uh, go up, uh, search on Wikipedia, list of celebrities who have died on stage. Yeah. No. It's pretty wild. It's longer than yeah. you think uh, it is. Yeah, I remember we had talked about this before, and they pulled up a, uh, a video, and I just watched some dude have a heart attack on stage, and it was just... Oh. Well, Terrifying. and here's the thing. It's scary. And, and on many occasions, it's been like that. They thought it was part of the act. Mm-hmm. And yeah. person's lying there dying. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I don't like it that. Yeah. You don't like it that? No, I don't then like Then don't it. watch here's that. A, here's one you'll like, Casey. A list of mainstream actors who have appeared in uh, porn. Oh, there we go. So I'll send you that Wikipedia list. I like that. That's better. Um, following all the drama that unfolded over the weekend between Kim Kardashian and Kanye West rumors, uh, apparently there was... Uh, uh, Drama over the weekend, there were rumors sprang up that West and Julia Fox had broken up, and apparently Fox had deleted a bunch of photos of a Kanye and unfollowed Kim. That's a whole mess. Or no, a Kim fan account oh. on Instagram. Oh, no. I know. You How dare you? Wow. you know, oh, my God. Uh, it's a real slap in the face. The uncut gem star explained on her Instagram stories Sunday that uh, the rumors weren't true and that she just didn't want to deal with all the comments. Suddenly, Instagram was not a fun place anymore, she said. So there's a whole bunch of back and forth over parenting and whether or not, I guess, their daughter should be Kim and Kanye's daughter should have a social media account yeah. at the age of eight. Well, and she had made that decision for without discussing it with him. There we go. And he takes issue with that. It's a brouhaha. Yeah. 
By the way, I got an email from listener Alex, uh, who says I'm from Delaware, but I live on uh, in West Palm Beach, Florida. Longtime listener, and I just wanted to reach out because every time you pronounce, all right, so Kanye Ye, yeah, right. Every time you pronounce Ye as Ye, I think someone please tell them how to pronounce it. Is it Ye? It's apparently Ye. Okay, like Ye Kanye. is pronounced Ye as in Kanye, not Ye. Well, no. Uh, you spell it Y-E, it's pronounced Y-E. Yeah. yeah, but but his name is spelled uh, K-A-N-Y, uh, K-A-N-Y-E, it so ruins just take ye. the Y-E. It ruins Y-E if you do it that yeah. Unless you want to make it yo Yaha. Well, I emailed yeah, this hey. guy back, and I said, so it, is it not Yeezy? Is it Yeezy? That's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeezy. He's like, no, it's Yeezy, then but his name is Ye. And I'm like, no. It's too much. Too much remember. I'm you can't have it both ways. No. We're going to say it the way we right. want You can't Ye okay? and Ye at the same yeah. time. No, but and does he say GIF or JIF? Because it's, apparently it's JIF, no. and everybody says GIF. I say GIF. I say GIF. Uh, and I'm saying Ye. Sorry, you Alex. Appreciate it. We'll just sound stupid. That's all there is to it. Do we, though? So what else is new? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. While attending a men's basketball game at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse on Saturday, Pete Davidson was booed by locals. Oh. This apparently because he had called the city trash a few years ago. Oh, okay. A season ticket holder told Page Six, Pete seemed to be prepared for what was coming to him. Uh, he brushed it off and had a laugh, as did the locals. Uh, in photos of Davidson of the game, he can be seen bundled up, wearing a gray Syracuse hat. Pete remained bundled throughout the game, uh, the source said, maybe because of the single-digit temps or perhaps because the cold welcome from the natives. Uh, Syracuse basketball reporter Mike Curtis later posted a video of Davidson on Twitter in which Davidson addressed the city saying, thank you so much for having me and my friends in the building. We had a really great time, so peace, question mark. So who knows? Uh, This is a sweet story. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles safety Anthony Harris made a heartwarming gesture last weekend by escorting a Texas middle schooler to a daddy-daughter dance because she had lost her father a year ago. This is just wonderful. It was unbelievable. I I think she also lost her grandfather recently, too. Uh, Harris took Audrey Soap uh, at 11 years old to school uh, to the school event after the girl's mother, Holly, had asked the NFL player to be her date on social media. Uh, Audrey uh, from Austin uh, lost her father, Ryan, and grandfather in the past year. Uh, Harris is the girl's favorite player. Oh, wow. uh, to the family's surprise, he was able to make it after the Eagles were defeated by the Buccaneers in the first week of the playoffs. And apparently she said, I told him about the situation, and surprisingly he was more than willing to do it. This is the mom who said that. Uh, it happened really fast. He said that, yes, uh, he said yes, probably about a week before, so it was kind of a whirlwind, and she just felt like a princess all night. Uh, the Eagle Safety even paid for all of her dance expenses, including her dress, shoes, hair, and makeup. Wow. Uh, despite the excitement, Audrey admitted that she was nervous, but uh, Harris had made the experience less awkward for her by uh, talking about talking to her about a variety of different things, including football. Uh, she admitted, I was very nervous because I didn't know what I was going to say. Uh, at first, it was kind of awkward because we weren't talking yet, but then he uh, kind of came up and started talking to me. Uh, Harris, who joined the Eagles last year, all, was also moved by the experience and was grateful that he could be a part of the young girl's special night. He said, you got to cherish these moments. Yeah. You never know how long we have here on this earth. So it was, it was really sweet. sweet. Yeah. And, and there's pictures of them dancing. And, and he said he, he had to come to a decision whether or not to throw the game so that he could be here for <laughs> Right. Oh, wait and, a second. And so, no, he uh, it's, it's an adorable thing. And for this girl to go through all that and then have this. You know, it was it was a nice uh, break from all that crap. Yep, agreed. Very cool. All right, so let's do clips. Let's okay. uh, jump over to that if you don't mind. 
Travis Block discovers a plot targeting U.S. citizens in the new film Blacklight. And in this clip star, Liam Neeson discusses what aspects he loves about his job. I get the chance to do this job. These complete strangers send me scripts uh, that I'm always humbled by and touched that, uh, that they, they, they'll offer me this stuff to do. And it's... Uh... I feel very privileged, and I genuinely mean that. Shut up, dummy. Uh, Black Light premieres in theaters on Friday. How Here's... many years ago did he say he wasn't doing action movies? Yeah, is is this is he it's an action one. star? It's an action movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was about uh, seven years ago. Okay, yeah. yeah, and it's been nothing but that since, yeah. right? Okay. All right, next clip. Here we go. Bill is a new series based on the hit sitcom The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Jordan L. Jones, who plays Jazz. Explains his take on the show. Here we go. Well, this is more like a dramatic retelling. So uh, I'm excited for the differences. I'm excited for the naysayers that are like, I ain't watching this. And to be like, oh, snap, this is really good. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited. Shut the f*** up! Bel Air will stream on Peacock Super Bowl Sunday. So it's be, be very it. serious in tone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, there you go. That's uh, the entertainment report for today. All right, you know what we got? A very rare concert announcement yeah. at this time of day. Normally it doesn't happen, but we want to get the word out right away about this particular show. It's going to be on a Friday. That's always a great thing. May 20th, and the venue is the Wells Fargo Center. Ladies and gentlemen, MMR is excited to rock The Who. Yep, it's called The Who Hits Back 2022 Tour. And it's really cool because, from what I understand, uh, it's going to be an orchestra that is performing oh, wow. with the band. That is pretty cool. And their music certainly uh, lends itself to being yeah. orchestrated. So uh, The Who is going to be in town Friday, May 20th at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, tickets will go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. via Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com. Now... You're going to want to listen up this week to Pierre because he is going to have your chance to win tickets. And on Wednesday, we will have some uh, tickets to give away on our program as well. If they were to perform like originally from the original Tommy album, there's a lot of orchestration in that. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, you can go to WMMR.com uh, for complete details, including uh, Thursday's pre-sale. And another chance to win tickets for MMR VIP. So let me hit that information one more time for you. Uh, the show, The Who, uh, Hits Back 2022 Tour is going to be Friday, May 20th at the Wells Fargo Center. And uh, the tour is with an orchestra. And tickets will go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. via Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com. And Pierre will have tickets all this week. Uh, your chance to win on Wednesday on our show as well. And uh, if you'd like the complete details, including the, the pre-sale on Thursday and another chance to win tickets for MMR VIPs, just go to WMMR.com and you can get that information there. You ever seen The Who? You've seen The Who. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the greatest concerts, and I've brought it up a number of times, The Who with The Clash. Right? Oh, wow. I saw them in Coachella uh, for, for Old Chella. They sounded amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, the entire weekend was was awesome. But like, you know, this is like a hit show. I mean, essentially, that's what that was. Yeah, it's just you know, hit, and after, got hit after hit after hit. You yeah, know? absolutely. All right, so excellent, good news. Way to start a Monday morning. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Martin Cove and his kids are going to be joining us. Yes, that's Sensei Crease <laughs> from uh, Cobra Kai, and more coming up. Stay with us. 
Star spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shops. That's right, and this month's band is Pawn Shop Roses. Shop Roses, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks, Philly. So it's interesting, that uh, little story that we had in Entertainment News uh, with uh, Eddie Vedder. And Nikki Six, a war of words going back and forth because we have both Pearl Jam and Motley Crue things to talk about. Yes. Uh, Nick went to see Eddie Vedder in New York City over the weekend, and the Pam and Tommy <laughs> series made its debut over the weekend. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I love it. I have one word for you. Yeah. Penis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? Penis, penis, what? penis. What? Oh, my God. And without giving anything away, you are going to see the male member <laughs> like you have never seen it before in the history of film and television ever. And I kid you not. I was, Steve, I was just sitting there going, oh, my God. My wife oh and I are like, oh, my God, is this really happening? It's Certainly the first time one's gotten a speaking credit, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just amazing. Well, I'll tell you what's also amazing. Sebastian Stan. Holy crap. He's incredible. As Tommy Lee. The, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Hilarious. And they said, oh, he didn't look too much like him. When he was in mode, I thought, holy <laughs> you Christ. You can't tell the difference. Holy Christ. He's, he is spot on. He's, and his, his the facial expressions. And then Lily James, who has absolutely transformed. I mean, Lily James, Cinderella, right? Transformed into this. And then Seth Rogen uh, is is great. By the way, Lily James, and there's a lot of nudity in this show. Yeah, that is that's not her body. Those are prosthetic. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> the best prosthetic boobs I've ever seen in my life. I could not tell how they were doing that. She is, she's fairly, she's not overly well endowed. Yeah, yeah. She's maybe like average size, but obviously Pamela Anderson, right. you know, it's huge. And and so uh, there, there's plenty of nudity with her. And, and I'm like, wow, it is seamless. So I guess the CGI, maybe they cover up the seams of where the, they must have. Of, of where the, uh, of where the prosthetics it are because uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic, but I'm telling you, man, I've seen more penis on television lately than I think in all my years combined of watching movies and TV because I'm also watching The Righteous Gemstones, Yeah, and there's a lot of male yeah. full frontal nudity in that, too, but this takes it to another level. This is insane. This is just... There's a scene where... Well, I don't want to give it Don't away. give any you, of the... Especially right. the, the, the really novelty yeah, nature yeah, yeah, of what yeah. happens because... You need to see it for yourself. Yeah, you're going to be blown away. We we kind of talked about it a while ago, but I won't I won't bring it up again because it is it is an amazing moment. But in in the performance in the um, so the story is a, a real story. Um, people working on uh, their house. This is a uh, Pam and Tommy Lee's house when they were together. Um, you know, they found that that videotape which became legend, pop culture legend. There's also a thing on Hulu 
that is an exact documentary about that. Well, I need to uh, find out because what I don't know, and Nick and I were discussing this off air this morning because he's seen it. Casey is not. Kathy is not. I don't think Marissa has seen it or she has seen it. Okay. But anyhow, um, how much of this is uh, is licensed or is it legit as far as the crime that happened and, and the finding of the tape? I don't know what how so, true to life this rendering of it is. It was an electrician. So it wasn't the the contractor, but it was people working on on the house. They did it, it, the stuff was stolen. I forget, and they don't go too much into it. How it played out, there were lawsuits. She sued, he sued, um, but at the end of the day, they kind of all got away with it. Okay. So, uh, but um, what it really brings up, it's the first time, uh, and we haven't. So there's just three episodes out now. Where you have something and and her perception of what vi- it was viral before viral yeah they're, so she's like hundreds of people are gonna no at that point it uh-huh. was millions, millions. yeah yep. I mean the the web they they discussed right like, do you know what the World Wide Web is and um, Nick Offerman is he's terrific I, as, I love he's Nick a Offerman. porn director yeah and, and I know uh, Preston we were talking last week about um, Pamela Anderson's reaction to it and and the fact that it sort of brings up this these painful traumatic memories for her and I, I certainly understand that perspective. However, uh, in, in the first three episodes, I really feel like it paints Pam in a very sympathetic light. And it so does. She you is... watch her performance, and Lily James is incredible. And you're like, she's the victim here. You know, I, I don't yeah. think that they, um, no, they, I agree. Uh, they don't brush that under the rug at all. I agree 100%. She is collateral damage. Now, I don't know. I don't know what the word is as far as Tommy Lee goes and how he, but, but I mean, the portrayal is of an insufferable you know, man-child, like a yeah. dick. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, like, I mean, again, there's a lot of conversations that no one can know how they went down. Right. You know, you can't you can't know you weren't there. It's supposition. Yep. So, but um, that said, yeah, I, I, I found it pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, the second episode, <laughs> my God. I, I just... That's where they fall in love? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. How and many episodes altogether? Are yeah, that's what I don't know. Three available now. One drops. I think there are eight. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay, that's what he was wondering exactly yeah. how many they have all together because I, I, I need to know. This is, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, <laughs> we watched the first episode. I'm like, we're going to watch another one, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to hold on. Um, let me see here. Uh, Marissa wrote down this note. Many of the stories are right out of Tommy Lee's autobiography. Okay. Uh, eight, yeah, yeah. eight episodes so. total case. Okay, there you go. Wow. <laughs> and they're going to come out once a week now? Yes. yes. After this? Yeah, yeah. The next one comes out on the 9th. God, it's they it's well just, worth your time. They've, they've got us just like drug dealers, man. <laughs> That's the way they do it now. They give you a little taste, and then you got to keep coming yeah, back. Yeah, but I'm glad more. they do that, because otherwise I, would, um, I wouldn't be able to help myself. You know, I'd just sit there with like seven boxes of uh, Girl Scout cookies and right. finish all of them, right? <laughs> right. I'm, you know, yeah, right. Give me three cookies at a time, and um, I'll be good. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's it's insane. Well, also the recreations of the classic videos that we all saw. Listen, no one knew how to process this at that time. And if you think about it, th- there were things after that where it became available to look at and I wouldn't look at it because I felt you, you understand what a violation it is. You know, that, that this was a violation. This was an act of revenge. The, they paint the case in the in the series no one walks away unscathed in this, except the, the collateral damage of Pamela Anderson, who who didn't ask for this to happen. But um, you know, the the guy was wronged, and and he went a little too far. But it, it's an interesting take on how we perceived it. It starts off with the Jay Leno interview. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that clearly. All this stuff, it just never occurred to us at that time. And you remember that we had years ago, Preston, we had this woman pushing this fake 
or this this guy pushing this fake collection of um, sex videos, sex of videos, famous people. They were all doctors. Yeah, they were all they fake. Were all fake. Yeah, they were they were lookalikes. Michael Jordan look stuff like that. Stuff that had been hinted at, yeah, and uh, yeah. so that was they were off and running after yeah. that. Oh man, and you know what? The, the show is also a total flashback for me because all the all the scenes in the nightclubs and stuff that was. I was in my mid twenties at that time, so all that music, I'm like, yeah, I remember. The music's great. Totally going crazy to that, and in, in the clubs and stuff. So. I like the fact that they went to Senior Frogs in Cancun. Right? Oh I my was god! At Senior Frogs in Cancun in the nineties. Oh <laughs> wow. Yeah, Kathy, I'm I'm curious as to what you think. Of yeah, it. I'm I'm definitely going to watch it now okay. that I hear your uh, your mm. guys' review. It's insane. All right, and with that, so if if you've missed this. Uh, uh, this uh, back and forth that's happened between Eddie Vedder and Nikki Six. We talked about it just a little while ago. Eddie had said it in an interview uh, with the New York Times that he pretty much hated Motley Crue and and found them uh, to be ridiculous. And and he said I despised it. Girls, girls, girls. Motley Crue. F you. I hated it. Uh, I hated how it made the fellows look. I hated how it made the women look. It felt so vacuous, is what he said. And uh, Nikki is fired back, calling uh, Pearl Jam boring and all this other <laughs> stuff. So now there's this war of words going back and forth, which is pretty funny. Yeah, it is because especially Nikki Six is going to be one who's going to rise to the. You know, he's not yeah. going to let that 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 yeah. sit. But uh, Nick went to see Eddie in uh, in New York City. He did yeah. a solo show on Friday night and uh, and went up with Pierre. It is funny, but just t- touching on uh, Pam and Tommy Lee because they do uh, touch on Kurt Cobain and grunge coming in. Yeah, and Tommy's watching uh, VH1 or something like that, and and he's like, he, you can see him sort of. Uh, react to grunge taking over the rock scene and sort of sweeping Motley Crue to the side mm-hmm. and, and Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Allison Chains and Soundgarden taking taking over. But uh, yeah, it was it was an awesome show on Friday night. I went to the Beacon Theater in New York, which I'd never been to before. Pierre and I uh, took the train up. Uh, I got Pierre to the train station on time. That was a big oh, question. Yeah. Well, oh my God, go. that alone. So uh, Steve, uh, <laughs> the train left at five. I told Pierre that it leaves at four thirty. <laughs> so we got to the train station at four twenty five. Uh, he uh, left a couple of things in his car, so he had. To go back to his car. Of course. So arriving on time, uh, arriving a half hour earlier, thirty five minutes early, was uh, definitely the right move. Um, and then so we took the train to uh, to the Penn Station up in New York, and then uh, took a cab to the Beacon. It was really easy getting there. We showed up at the Beacon Theater on time. And uh, and then Pierre was like, "Let's go get a uh, pizza." <laughs> I was like, "No, let's go into the <laughs> they theater." They have food in there. Yeah, I'll yeah. buy you popcorn, and yeah. uh, so I did. He looked. He Later looks on, for we'll ways to yes. sabotage yeah. his promptness. I think he gets distracted and yeah. sees. A, he was joking about it last yeah. week, but I think he sees a shiny object and he's like, "Oh, I know a pizza joint around the corner." And like, no, man. You know let's... what? Though he's a little like me. Like if there's if there's <laughs> ten minutes to spare, you're like, well. I could probably get pizza in 10 minutes and yeah. still make it back on time. In right. reality, you can't. Is and it, now you're going to be a half hour late. Is it because you don't want idle time? Yeah. Well, if we go in there, we're just going to be sitting yes. there. Yeah. I have no problem with idle time. I will go sit in my seat oh, yeah. uh, I, as long as I know I am positioned and ready to go. To me, I look at, sorry, I look at it like it's wasted time. Like I could have gotten something to eat that way. Maybe sure. I don't miss something at the show, <laughs> you know, so eat prior to, not during the show. What you need to do is, like, you, if you guys get in there early, you, you have uh, a, a coloring book and some crayons. Yeah. 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 And then yes. you give it to Pierre right. and say, here you go. Yeah, I mean, listen. I'm, I'm and glad. a bag of Cheerios. We got in early. Yeah, here you go, buddy. Uh, yeah. um, but, uh, Stevie, you know, I, I know you've been there before. I yeah. had never 
never been to the Beacon before, and I'm glad we went in early because we got to the seats and we had a conversation for 15 minutes, which was a nice way to kill time. I want pizza. <laughs> I swear to God, I took him to the concession stand. I'll get you pizza. I bought him goddamn popcorn. Um, but it's a gorgeous theater. It was so nice. I'm, I'll, I'll post a video up on Instagram a little bit later just of, of the inside of the theater itself. It was really cool. Uh, and I put up a whole review on PrestonAndSteve.com and, and MMR.com with some uh, some highlights from the show. Um and I told you guys this last week, but it, it, Eddie is featuring a lot of new songs off this new record called Earthling, and his band is called The Earthlings. And I was a little trepidatious going into a show where, like, it's new music. You don't know anything. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I knew uh, Brother of the Cloud, which we've been playing, and uh, a long way. Um, it didn't matter. It was so great beginning to end. Uh, the guy that opened the ba- uh, show was a guy named Glenn Hansard. If you don't know Glenn Hansard, he's a terrific Irish singer-songwriter, and he and Eddie have been friends for a really long time. So he came out and he opened, and then just from the beginning to the end, it was one great song after another, even though I wasn't familiar with all of them. The backing band is awesome. It's this guy, Andrew Watt, who I also didn't know, and then um, Josh Klinghoffer from the Chili Peppers. <laughs> Unbelievable. Great musician. He played keys. He played guitar. He's so good live. Uh, Chad Smith on drums. Holy crap. Huh. He is so dynamic and, and just fun to watch and really into it. So Eddie like just has this band behind him. And it's it's not Pearl Jam. It's different. But it's really, really fun. Really high energy. Not at all boring, Nikki Six. It was a great <laughs> show. Um, and I was never bored at one point, even though there was new music to, you know that we'd never heard before. Okay. Did he say anything to you from the stage? Did not. No. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. No. No stage rec- recognition. But hey, wait, wait a second, Nick. Why aren't you guys eating pizza? <laughs> I uh, listen. I'm I'm a really lucky and privileged person to be able to go to shows like this. That's not lost on me. I'm I'm enormously grateful. We got great seats. Did Glenn uh, stay out there for the, uh, yeah, for the so set, too? Glenn, Glenn played with um, Eddie's band the whole time as well. So Glenn That's was awesome. the opening act, and then he came out and he played with the yeah. band as well. I saw a picture you posted, and I only counted like four people in front of you. And I'm like, okay. We had fifth row seats. Okay, oh, there you go. Wow. Fifth row, center, wow, wow. and I mean, listen, it, we got him. Pierre pulled his magic? He did. And yeah. so we, we've worked with Pearl Jam for a really long time and we know the band manager now and the band manager is this guy named Smitty and he knows us he knows the radio station and it's we're lucky I mean I like there's just no two ways about it it helps to know a legendary DJ it does yeah. and so um, we Steve we, we were you know got the tickets at Will Call they were yeah. waiting for us which is another reason where's why the pizza dude <laughs> I mean, first hey look your 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 There's a taxi cab. Your Eddie impression spot on, your Pierre impression spot on. Um and, and the mannerisms in the way that they think also accurate. Um but when we, we walked in, the tickets were waiting for us at Will Call, and so we grabbed the seats and we're like, All right, you know, we're sitting on the balcony, where we're sitting or whatever, when we walked in and the guy's like, No, you you guys you guys are down this way and we kept walking and walking and walking and then we're like, Oh my god, we are fifth row center and it was just it was unbelievable. He so Eddie probably saw he, you. He saw us, yeah. yeah. And uh do I bring this up or what? <laughs> what do I do here? Uh, uh, but uh, they so they did two shows at the Beacon. They were there Thursday night and Friday night, and then um, uh, Matt Cord got to go see him in New Jersey last night. But it's a it's a quick tour. They're doing um, New York, New Jersey, and then I think Chicago, L.A., and then why, San why skip Philly? I, I don't, don't know. Get it. And and, and uh, maybe they were just being. <sighs> Well, we, you know, we talked. Does to it Jeff- make you think that Nikki Six is right? No. <laughs> but we were talking to Jeff Ament uh, two or three weeks ago, and Jeff was saying this run for Eddie is kind of like a test run for All Pearl right. Jam later in the year. And I think people were still trying to figure out like how to tour in COVID coming out of Omicron and sold whatever. out. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you couldn't get tickets, and so uh, we were lucky to get them. But yeah, it's, it, it was people were scalping them outside for like seven hundred pop, oh, eight hundred pop. Yeah. 
It's um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we took the took the train up, um, and then uh, and then got back. I mean, the travel went well. It was remarkable. The traveling with you, but you came right. You he was still on the air when you came back here, right? I got back to so the radio you made station. Sure, I made sure. I mean, did you like, chloroform him? <laughs> no, we waited. I in feel the, if you see me, <laughs> we waited in the green room for a little bit. And Pancake was like, "Pierre, you got to go. Pierre, you got to go." And so we left the radio station by four and made it to the train station and, and made it up on time. Yeah. So it can work if you manhandle them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and get him to the show, but that's great. Train is a terrific way to get to New York. It was it, yeah. it couldn't have gone any uh, any more smoothly. Mm. Did yeah. he fall asleep in the on the ride? Uh, oh, on the ride up? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let me show you a photo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 A picture of uh, of Pierre. He has an interesting uh, sleeping technique when on a train, and and perhaps for, uh, when a car. Oh wait, no, I put it on uh, on Twitter. Okay. Um, anyway, it, it's um yes, he pulls his his hat down. <laughs> And then his mask up, so there's no light coming in. What? Yeah, and it's uh, partially suffocating. Yeah, and uh, and so then he did that, and then uh, a few minutes later he was out. Okay. Um. Here we go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to sleep. Yeah, yeah that's a good, described very well. That's exactly what he. Yeah. So he, he was asleep before we got to Trenton, and then okay. uh, woke up when we pulled in at Penn Station. You should just got off the train. <laughs> oh. Yes. Bye. Pierre wakes up at the roundhouse. Right. There's a homeless man that right. won't get off of and the he's train. In Boston. He says he's a radio DJ. <laughs> I mean, why not sleep on the train? Yeah. And yeah. you know, like totally. Yeah, it's part of the convenience of it. Absolutely. It looks like some sort of horse here with the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, congratulations! Yeah. You you made it. Great yeah. band, great yeah. show, and uh, and I'm really uh, curious to talk to Matt later today. See what his impressions were for it last night. And and it, it was also the, the other thing I wanted to mention. It was my first show, uh, not counting MMA barbecue, since the pandemic. Began so I saw the struts in December 2019, and just to be in a room and Steve, you you, you brought this up a, a month or two ago about like when we did the Christmas miracle, yeah, and you're all hanging out together in the same room. This collective like energy and you need joy, it. oh my god! As human beings, we need that. And it was just it was emotional. I got yeah. I was, it was so happy to be there, and the whole night I just felt like this joy, this sense of joy of being in the same room with all of these people who are feeling the same thing, and uh, and I hadn't felt that in a collective sense, in a really, really long time. So that felt great, just to be at a show. So if Pearl Jam's not your thing or Eddie Vedder's not your thing, that's fine. I don't really care. It was It's my thing, and I had a blast. And so I was yeah. really glad I got Doesn't to go. matter. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. And wouldn't it be great if uh, all of a sudden Pearl Jam and, and Motley Crue did a joint tour together after <laughs> yeah, all of this? That would be awesome if they... <clears throat> that's a hard... Listen... There have been many feuds, uh-huh. and they, sometimes they end in a really cool way. Yeah. Uh, but that could you imagine? Oh my god! I, I don't know if it's gotten <laughs> the traction quite yet. If you talk about classic, yeah. what what are the classic? We've been talking about the um, huh. the Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Corey Taylor feud, right, which right. Is, has some traction now uh, in in the world of rock. Well, I don't know. I saw I saw Nikki Six's tweet, and right. um, you know, it's like. I thought it was funny because I mean Pearl Jam is one of the biggest bands of all time, you know yeah, whether yeah. whether you like it or not. And you know he goes after them and says, and then uh, Pearl Jam fans went after him. Yeah, and, of course. And you know the the waning success of Motley Crue and the fact that Motley Crue can't uh, hold a tour the same way Pearl Jam does. Pearl Jam will sell by themselves, sell out you know venue after venue after venue, and then Motley Crue then has to you know join up with like Poison or whoever right. in order to put a tour together. And uh, you know, it, it, and so I, I saw all the Pearl Jam fans you know sick themselves on on Nikki Six and and they go after Motley Crue. And what sucks is like. Nikki Six says this, and like I, you know, who knows what like Tommy Lee and you know all the all the other band members are like, dude, why are you doing this to us? You know, like, <laughs> uh-uh. 
But if feuds like that are always, mm. it, like, I've never had it. I've had people that I did not like and preferred to not be around, and I, I just stopped do, being around them or engaging with them. I To carry on a feud, especially a public feud, mm-hmm. to me is an interesting dynamic. Used to be, it was very big in, in the hip-hop community for a long time. East yeah. and West Coast. Yeah, East and West Coast yeah, was a big thing. Got deadly. It got, yes, mm-hmm. no, exactly. But, like, you know, for Eddie to single out or name check one band in particular that's what kind of when that was you know yeah. one band of many of the time right you know and and i think that's what eddie was basically saying was not just motley Crue, but like that whole era and yeah. and that whole genre of music is basically what he was talking about but just to single out one band it like, kind of sucks well then it he does. pointed out that gnr helped bring it back you know mm-hmm. and like so gnr kind of was a little sort bit of that way too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they were a bridge. They were a rock <clears throat> rocking band, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and it's funny. I mean, listen, you're you're allowed to hate <laughs> bands music. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And and I I know I there are certain certain ones that I'm like, "No, please, yuck." <laughs> I no, I've I've nothing to do mm-hmm. with that. How many times have you seen Motley Crue over the years? I've never seen them. Oh, really? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And and uh, one show for me was enough. But yeah. I went and saw them, and the, the Tommy Lee did the spinning drum thing, and it was it was a blast. It's, yeah. a, it's a show. Right. You know, and, and so that's what you get at a Motley Crue concert. And, like, I had a really great time. Yeah. You know, so this feud is, is kind of, because Pearl Jam's my favorite band, but I had fun at Motley Crue, you know? It would be, but imagine if they did a show together, like like a one-off. Oh it would be great. You need to get it, You need now you need to massage the feud for a little longer, and then have, mm-hmm. have the right. turnaround. I remember there was a short feud between... Between Axl Rose and Brett Michaels. Yes, there was. And, uh, like, uh, they're threatening each other. Was Get in the Ring that song? Get in the Ring was, was him. Bob Guccione Jr.? Yeah, was was beaten up on one of the people, I think, was uh, uh, was Brett Michaels. Wasn't there one with um, GNR and Metallica as well? Or Axl and Metallica? Or am I misremembering? Mm, I, I think there was <laughs> Axl and everybody at one point. Okay. okay, hang on. So I'm not really sure. Crying Like a Bitch. Uh, the Godsmack. What is that? Who is yes. that about? Oh. Nikki Six. Yeah. Oh, man. Crying like a bitch about Nikki Six? It was about Nikki Six, yeah. (laughs) They wrote that about him, and uh, I forgot there was an interaction that they had backstage, and and, uh, Nikki Six was a total jerk, and... Uh And so they wrote that song, Crying Dude, Like uh, a Bitch. Eddie should cover that in the next show. <laughs> Dude, oh, my God. <laughs> That's a great idea. I will always think, when I hear Crying Like a Bitch, I think of, I think of uh, uh, Mike Schmidt. Oh, oh he was right. Yes. Because he was sitting here. He was sitting here. We were interviewing him. And the song we were coming out of before we were going to the legendary Michael Jack Schmidt was crying like a bitch from Godsmack. And he's got his headphones on. And he's just sitting there going, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> cry like a bitch. <laughs> it was great. Uh, That's great. All right, Guns N' Roses, Axl Rose clash with Metallica and Lars Ulrich. So apparently there was, yeah, there was a thing at one okay. time. Oh, and remember the huge uh, feud between um, uh, Stephen Jenkins and uh, the dude from Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> That's right. That on, the, on, the, on the on the old side, Jenkins yeah. Of Third Eye Blind. Oh yeah. And uh, and um, um, I'm drawing a blank. It wasn't a DeLeo brother, was it? No, no, no. It was, Scott Wiles? Well, it was, it Scott, Scott Wiles? It was kind of the whole band. Okay. But, but Scott and he, I guess, had some words back and forth, and we actually saw them confront each other. We were I was sitting right next to those guys when he popped his head in. And <laughs> uh-huh. They're going to throw down. It's, yeah. it's Third gonna, eye blind. And uh, I think it was Dean DeLeo said, uh, uh, why don't you get out of here, Sonny? That's what he, he called him, Sonny. Thanks so much, Sonny. Have a good day. Oh, man. <laughs> 
So it's rock and roll, man. Yeah, it happens. All right, uh, let's take a break and come back in a second. If you missed it, we made a concert announcement earlier. Let me reiterate that information. Uh, it yeah. is the Who. Did I throw it away? You, you did, but it's on uh, top. All right, so the Who is coming back, and they're doing the Who Hits Back tour. I'm not giving away tickets right now, but no. Pierre will be giving away tickets all week long. I just want to give you a heads up, but the show is Friday, May 20th at the Wells Fargo Center, and tickets go on sale this Friday at War- Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com, and they have an orchestra that's going to be performing with them. Should be pretty badass. We're going to take a break, come back, and we'll get into the B-File when we return. Stay with us. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web, PrestonandSteve.com. Savings are in bloom at Acme. Get four times reward points with your Acme for You app. Look for the specially marked tags on participating items throughout the store and redeem your Acme rewards for free grocery items. Or save up to a dollar per gallon on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Look for your savings in bloom bonus reward points only at Acme. Valid now through April 28th. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Download the Acme app or visit acnemarkets.com for more details. Acme Fresh Foods, Local Flavors. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I uh, hate to be uh, bringing some some bad news, but we found out uh, last week an old friend of ours and uh, one of our uh, uh, Black Listener Party attendees, Brian McLean, passed away. Mm-hmm. It was sad. He was so young, too. He had he a was. stroke and just shocked to hear that, <clears throat> that, he, that he died and just uh, want to send some love to his family. And, uh, man, going to those... There was a time when a group had a a, a, a party for us. Yeah. They had a presidency black listener party for us. It was great. So much fun. Yeah. Such a great time. And uh, Brian was always a, a, such a, a great smile and, and just a wonderful face to see when we would come out and do events. So I'm sorry for uh, for Brian and, and his family. So we just wanted to pass that along. And then another passing, uh, 99-year-old Roland Scarinci, uh, the uh, United States um, Marine veteran, uh, who would come by and play harmonica from time to time. His wife passed away. And always told the great story about how he met her. I think right. it was on a bus, right? <clears throat> and he stayed on, and, and uh, they ended up staying together for good. And they were just, they were really young. Not, I, I'm not sure how old she was, but he's 99, and they've been together for ages. So, but listen, folks, that's going the distance. Right yeah. That's, and an, he, every that's time an amazing story. He was on, he spoke of her like they had just... Uh. Started dating. Yeah. It's his birthday next Friday, so we should... No uh, kidding. Yeah, see if we can wish him a happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. All right, so anyhow, I just wanted to acknowledge uh, those two passings uh, before we move on. Uh, But I do have some Bizarre File stories, and I want to share those with you now. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre I brought his morning by Primo Hoagies, big games, big parties. It isn't just football. It's an experience, so don't settle for an average catering tray. Make it Primo. Order in advance and online at PrimoHoagies.com. It's not just a hoagie, it's a Primo. So a British Columbia woman had the fright of her life recently when she discovered a naked man had been living in the trunk of her car <laughs> for days. What? Yeah, yeah. Bethany Coker is her name. She noticed some mud in the front seat of her car earlier this week. She deduced that someone had broken in, spent the night in her vehicle. So she cleaned it up, steamed the upholstery, moved on. Three days later, she noticed the windows of her car were fogged up. And then she was inside her car when she heard a voice say, Hey. (laughs) Could you imagine 
You'd crap yourself. And that's when she discovered the naked man in her trunk and quickly realized something was wrong. Hi. She said, at first I thought something, uh, someone was playing a prank on me, and then when I realized what was happening... I kept my phone recording because I wasn't too sure what was going to happen. She said, I don't know who this guy was. I didn't know if he was dangerous, and he had been in my trunk for three days and didn't say a single word. Can we go to McDonald's? Uh, She said that uh, she's been driving around with him, running errands, and going to work. Uh, Coker (laughs) recorded some of the interaction with the man and put it on social media where it's received thousands of views. And she can be heard in one clip. Asking the man if he is naked and him replying and saying, yes, it's a rite of passage. Oh, okay. <laughs> she called the cops. Yeah. Uh, she said it was probably the most hysterical call I've ever been on. They're like, what do you mean he's been in your car for three days? And I'm like, he's been in my trunk for three days. Can you hurry up? <laughs> Officers did attend. They said the man has some significant health issues. I would imagine. And they confirmed that he is now receiving the help that he needs. I'm assuming those those needs are... Uh, mental health. Any word on what he was doing as far as the bathroom was concerned? No. I assume he would indicate leaving the trunk. I hope. He was just staying in there the whole time. By the way, you're you're not going to want to open your glove compartment. Or what? Wow. (laughs) A Tempe, Arizona Home Depot employee is facing a federal charge after authorities said that he repeatedly took cash from the store and replaced it with counterfeit currency before depositing it in the bank. Agents arrested Adrian Jean Pineda, a vault employee at the Star who was responsible for counting cash and preparing it for deposit. Uh, Pineda is accused of ordering counterfeit bills from Amazon, swiping them, uh, swapping them with the money taken from the store cash register. So, like cheap theatrical money, and stealing them in bags for transfer to the bank. I don't know. I didn't see any pictures. Okay, of it. it says counterfeit money. So, what kind of counterfeit money is available on Amazon? Uh, I don't know, Nick. Why don't you do a search real quick? Fake, fake <laughs> See how bills. authentic it looks. Uh, Pineda admitted to switching the real money with fake bills in an interview with Secret Service agents. Uh, between January 2018 and January 2022, Home Depot recorded $387,000 in losses. These bills have Jeff Bezos on them. Due to counterfeit notes in their bank deposit. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Agents seized $5,000 in counterfeit currency and $5,300 in genuine currency during Pineda's arrest at Home Depot. An additional $22,000 in genuine currency was recovered at his home when agents executed a search warrant. These bills on Amazon... they look real. They yeah. look pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah, they do. I'm surprised they can sell those. I am too. Steve, yeah. this is two thousand dollars. It's only for nine, nine bucks. Nine ninety nine. You can't a, beat that. Deal. What a savings. <laughs> Speaking of Mr. Bezos, here is a follow up. Many Rotterdam residents were angered by news reports that a four hundred million dollar super yacht being built by Jeff Bezos. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Could require a monument in the city to be dismantled, and a gentleman named Pablo Stroman is the Rotterdammer behind a Facebook event inviting people to throw <laughs> eggs at the yacht Aww. as it passes through the Kallingshavenberg, uh, the historic bridge that holds a special place in the hearts of Rotterdam residents. That's a compliment, right? He said it started more as a joke among friends after we heard the news about the possible demantling of the bridge. It quickly struck a nerve. Within two days of the announcement, about a 1,000 people said that they will attend, eggs in hand, with another 4,500 expressing in their interest. Uh, what was initially intended to be a satirical message is now getting way out of hand, he said. He said, I understand the industry is good for the local economy, 
but I don't see this as a problem. Many super yachts were built and will be built that all fit under the bridge. Right. You can't you can't adapt. It's fine that there is also money to be made with the dismantling, but in my opinion, it's not only the money that counts. Though the railroad bridge is no longer in use, he sees Dehef, that's what they call it, as an important and evocative structure in Rotterdam. In his opinion, it's a symbol of the city's resurrection after the German after Germans uh wiped out the most of the city center during the Rotterdam Blitz in 1940. I was unaware of the uh, tax implications of building a yacht like that and, right. and how much he can save via tax because he's essentially building an office building that he can take around the world. So right. if he it conducts you know business while on that thing, right? You know, his next plan is to put a hot tub in the Tomb of the Unknown. No. Oh, yeah. my gosh. oh my gosh, I think God. is that's, that's just a, that's just disgusting. Yes. All right, a trio of self-taught dentists in Texas... Self-taught dentists. You can pick it up if you pay attention. ...have been treating patients out of a filthy Houston office over the past year, lacking any formal training other than having once worked at a dental lab. We made it extra filthy for you. Byron Alberto Zelaya was arrested on January 31st for practicing dentistry without a license, which is a felony, by the way. Uh, Zelaya's 31-year-old son, Bryant Jesus Zelaya, is facing the same charge. 29-year-old Omar Sevilla, Zelaya's nephew, is also charged with unlawful practice of dentistry. One client was alarmed by the unsanitary conditions and the absence of diplomas or licenses on the walls. This one's going to be tough. I'm going into the year. A bail document revealed the takedown occurred after cops executed an undercover operation after getting a complaint from an unhappy patient. Uh, they then set up a bogus appointment for dental work, noting that during the visit, the Zaleas pretended to practice dentistry. Wow. Wow. Now, you, you have many stories like that where yep. people just figure, I can do that. Yep, yep, and they do amateur dentistry. Yeah. And there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, let's take a break and come back in a second. Don't forget, we are going to have the Coves on Martin Cove, who stars as Sensei Crease on uh, Cobra Kai, will be joining us with his uh, son and daughter. They do a podcast together about Cobra, uh, Cobra Kai, so we'll talk to them. You're very excited about this. Later on. Yep, yep, we'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. There are so many bands coming to town. Just this week, we announced the Black Keys and Dorsey. From a club gig at the end of March with Dirty Honey to a massive stadium show later this summer with the Foo Fighters, we've got you covered. Get the details on all the rock shows coming to Philly and enter to win tickets on the concert calendar at WMMR.com. See you at the show. You know what? For once, I'm not going to be the noticer. Uh, the noticer is a guy named Ronnie Calder, who is from New Jersey, and he sent me an email. Uh huh. What did he notice? Uh, he. No- I need my noticer. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about word. that. Uh, so, uh, Ronnie noticed this. He said, "I listen to your show every morning." And Ronnie's uh, the noticer. Yeah, on my way to work, and I'm sitting in bed. I'm sick in bed watching the Olympics, and I hear a voice, and I'm like, "Wait, why is Casey commenting on the men's ski jump?" What? Said, I swear this guy voice sounds exactly like Casey. Have a great day, and thanks for all of you and everyone for uh, doing the community and beyond. Any oh, you do for the community and beyond. <laughs> and doing, beyond. We do the community. Um, uh, so I've not watched any Olympics. Uh, I haven't seen I, a I'm watching yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I've watched a bunch. I watched. You guys know I love the Olympics, so yeah. I'll uh, I'll watch pretty much every night. I take that back. Actually, I watched like just a few minutes of uh, of women's hockey. Uh, and, and I don't know if it was uh, the Americans that were playing or not, but uh, 
the, those women can play hockey, yeah. man. It was awesome. I was really enjoying it. Uh, but, yeah, so apparently in men's ski jumping... Uh, there's a commentator, I guess. I don't know if he was a former oh, athlete w- or whether it sounds like Casey. I was watching that. I watched oh, you did? Did you yeah, recognize the voice? It sounded like I, Casey's? I didn't recognize the voice, no. Um, I was watching Tommy Lee's penis at the time. <laughs> God. However, I will say the uh, woman who was commentating on the uh, bobsled, she's annoying. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> is she Too like, energetic? Is she, no, she's like a little, a little bit, a little like valley girlish. Really? <laughs> yes. And I was like. So antiquated. I don't know about this. I liked the guy, but her not so much. But yeah, the, the, the ski jumping, I didn't hear Casey. By the way, I got an email from a friend of mine who said that there's uh, we have a local athlete uh, in oh. speed skating. No and, kidding. Uh, I didn't get a name or anything along those lines. Right. Uh, but he had uh, texted me over the weekend and, and said, man, that'd be great if you guys could, um, you know, uh, uh, touch base with that person yeah. and i was like well yeah we we knew one who was in the summer olympics um and andrew uh, hyo is that uh he's a son of south korean immigrants so we uh no it said uh we had a gal that was in the summer olympics that listened oh that was me uh, <laughs> that was me responding what did i say earlier uh, hey his son, wife's name is Michelle too is that we have an athlete that is local he is a speed skater from warrington yeah oh, wow. uh, uh, he's from uh, bucks county oh oh kathy oh my god <laughs> 5 points to bucks county oh, wow right. and if he gets a gold i'll throw in an extra 10 oh wow. yeah 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 so i'm my doing goodness. that now all right so now it's uh, 55 for delco and 35 for bucks co Damn. Are you happy with this case? Uh, I Listen, I no, absolutely. Okay, uh, you just should, have to check. You should totally get points awarded for that. Yeah, all right. I, am I happy with the contest? No, I think I hate it. <laughs> I think I hate it a lot. You're winning! You're yeah. winning! Dude, it's, it's getting that, whittled it away at... February. Yeah. All right. Well, you only have a full 10 yeah. years left. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, I need to... Uh, I, 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 uh, we, we had uh, Peyton was our, our friend from Ride somewhere. Ride yeah. 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 Uh, and now I'd like to to meet another person. Hey, yeah. are any of the commentators in China? I, I think they're most of them are not. Yeah, okay. It, most it, of them are broadcasting it, from the stage. It's weird because, no like, yeah, there's just like the weird, like, um, clamp down, clamp down, and, and sort of like this boycott, but it's still happening. So it's being advertised heavily and pushed on NBC, and yet none of the commentators from NBC are actually in China. Well, had, you saw the footage of I guess it was a Dutch reporter on the street and he uh-huh. was where he shouldn't have been, and they the. He's right in the middle, and and the uh, the the police are pu- are just basically gr- are pushing him live on camera. Wow. I, I saw, didn't see the translation, but okay. it, I guess they're having difficulty. There's a lot of things that they're trying to do to just really clamp down on Corona and all that crap. Well, there's you. a there's a local guy. We, we're going to try to talk to him from NBC, who is over there. He actually okay. got to go. Yeah, he is over. Okay. Hang on, uh, Kathy. Mario wants to comment on the bobsled commentator. Hi, uh, Mario. Good morning. Uh, no, she was a dancer. Oh. <laughs> Call me. No, she, she was, was a dancer. Thanks. Oh, my God. Oh, All right, what's up, Mario? It's, uh, it's better than messing up the safe light jingle again. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, Kathy, so funny you mentioned that. Uh, we were watching the bobsled last night. My wife says to me, her voice sounds so familiar. And I was like, we try to play the game during the movies, like the animated movies that guess the game. So we're like, all right, let's see if we can figure this out. She tells me she she thinks it's Elizabeth Banks from, like, uh, the acapella singing movies. From Pitch Perfect? Pitch Perfect. 
Yeah, pitch perfect because she's like trying too hard. She's like, yes, if you notice, they're jumping in the bobsled. He's like right. He's right. Do. That's exactly what I thought. She's trying too hard. And the the other commentator is very natural in the right. way that he's, you know, yeah. talking about it. And she's like, and huh. and I, it almost sounds like she's putting forth an effort to not say mm-hmm. um or uh or. She's trying to be as clean as she as can in her delivery. Yeah. So, Mario, did you hear anybody that sounded like Casey? You know, I was watching that ski jump, but I got to be honest, I didn't necessarily. It was kind of on in the background, if I'm being honest. I wasn't okay, okay. Paying too much attention to their commentators, more so uh, of just the jumping. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. All right, thanks, Mary. Love ya. Love ya. Love ya. Love ya. <laughs> Mike. By the way, the ski jumping is that is so insane. Yeah. That event is just, it's crazy. Have you ever uh, gone up to a, uh, like I've gone up to a non-snowed ski jump setup? Yeah. yeah. I never have, no. Insane. You can't believe it. <laughs> you, you, you can't believe what they're jumping. That a human being would do that. that. A, yes. Anyone within a grasp of sanity would yeah. do that. They're having an extra problem, though, with that whole deal because they're having to make the snow and the snow they're making apparently is halfway between snow and pudding. Yeah, they said the conditions are not great. Yeah. And and oh, the man. weather, the wind, they had to uh, postpone the downhill. Uh, but they had it yesterday. And, and um, the girl from the U.S. and I forget who the other one was fell in the exact same spot. Yeah. And they're saying it's because of the conditions. Okay. Um, but wait, the ski jumping, I wanted to tell you, Kristen. Oh, so it's Spring Mountain. There's like a little jump. And I went over it uh, with Jace last, the other weekend. I felt like I was in the air for like... 30 seconds. It was, I was like, oh my God. So I'm watching these ski jumpers yeah. and I'm like, my heart would like, you know what I mean? Like feel like it's in your stomach for how long they're actually in the air. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. It's terrifying. I don't know how they do it, man. Wow. And at that velocity. Yeah. yeah. That, forget about it. That One of the great openings to anything used to be the uh, wide, wide world of sports, sports yeah. with one of those guys just colliding with one of the, the flagpoles and yep. Yep. <laughs> Volleying down the the hill. Horrible. Right, but fun so, to watch. Uh, thank you, uh, Ronnie, for noticing that. We'll have to see if we can find audio. I, I, who knows if somebody sounds like Casey. But I noticed something else. I've noticed. Are you back to noticing or are we still going to stick with Ronnie? No, it's me noticing. Okay. Uh, I'm noticing something that Casey noticed. And apparently someone is using a photo of Casey... <gasps> For their profile on Plenty of Fish. No. Oh. Why would they use my photo? I guess like it's like. Well, he's not that ugly. Okay. <laughs> this yeah. would be realistic. It's, not, it's, it's like realistic. A, yeah. It's realistic. It's realistic. This guy is. Uh, he's not a complete. They want yes. plausible. Yeah, he's plausible. plausible. Wait, how yeah. do you know? Did someone send it to you? So uh, a girl that I grew up with so? sent me. So and oh so I had. <laughs> She sent me this on uh, Facebook Messenger over the weekend. And, I mean, her message seemed like a catfishing type of uh, message. So I go, I don't even know if I can trust your message to me. I said, where did you go to school and who did you babysit? Was she looking to find a jerk mate? Yeah, I don't think. Uh, uh, yeah. Yo. Oh. yo, ever heard of jerk mate? No, so I needed to, I needed... <laughs> For her to confirm that she was actually her, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so she was able to confirm where she went to grade school. All like right, the, so you did four- your vetting. It's yeah. her. And how, how, was she on the she, site? Yeah, so she's on Plenty of Fish right okay. now. Okay. And she comes across this photo, and right. it's me. And I was like, oh, my. And, but it's not my name. It's like some other. And yeah. so she. It's re- Daisy Boster. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, no, so the guy, or I assume it's a guy, the person using my photo, it's a, it's a completely different name for their profile. It says that they're from the Bronx, that they're in real estate, and I, I was like... That's about right. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm on a dating site, too. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, somebody sent me a while back, and... Somebody's using me on uh, on both Twitter and Instagram, using pictures of me for fake accounts, and I was trying to get down to the bottom of it, and I don't really care. You can't stay on top there's, of there's it. There's not a whole lot. To Just do. accept the dates that come your way and move on. Right, yeah, that's yeah. it. I need to at least be nice to these poor women. Listen, I want to take you out to dinner. I have something to tell you. Um, that's not me. But, uh, yeah, I, and I forgot which one it was. Somebody had sent it to me that, uh, hey, by the way, your your picture is on a, uh, somebody's pretending to be you. Not my name, but using photos of me. Same thing, Casey. Yeah. You know. Well, he's not that he's bad. He's not that bad. And so <laughs> the problem is, I never, I, I'd end up on nothing. Yeah. Give me even a bath fitter ad. I'd so like to, something. The photo that they used was from Camp Out the for Hunger. boy for jerk me, yeah. Steve. Yeah. It's not playing. Come on. Yo, ever heard of jerk me? But it was from a, me with two thumbs up. It was from Camp Out for Hunger two years ago. Not this past one, but the one before that. Didn't even give photo credit to uh, chorus photography. Son of a bitch. Yeah, bastard. There's right? no honor among thieves. But I don't, like, what's the, and so she was saying that, like, you know, this happens a lot, and people will try yep. and catfish, and, uh, Well, that's you know. probably what was happening with this, right? Yeah. You, this? That would be the reason to create a false account with it, something like that. Who is the guy? They just did this special, Casey. Uh, the, the Tinder, the documentary that's, that's... Oh, Tinder Swindler. Tinder Swindler. You guys familiar with I, this I guy? I yet, but uh, I'm going to. That's the guy who is basically taking his... Tinder dates and and people that he was encountering for loads of money. It's a real movie. It's a oh, documentary. It's a real, yeah, real story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tind- it's called the Tinder Swindler. All right. And so the only I saw the first trailer where I guess the woman picks him up right. and what she thinks is at his house. But Do he's you know just the full standing. Story? No, but he's apparently standing in front of a nice house. Right. <laughs> um, that she would believe is his, but it wasn't his. And and so that's I, that's as far as I've gotten in the trailer. Right, right, right. There's a girl also on, she has become very, very TikTok famous, where her, her initial, I think, run uh, that, that gained attention was her recounting her. It was a Tinder date uh, where the guy took her out to Taco Bell. Did you see this yeah. thing yet? No. Okay. So she is like full on, like she's in a Super Bowl commercial right. coming up. But yeah, so this guy takes her to Taco Bell. When uh, when they get there, uh, he does the whole like pat down, like oh no, I don't have any. I, I forgot right. to bring my wallet. <laughs> he orders. Oh, yeah, I did hear a hundred tacos. Right. And then he comes home and he basically feeds his whole family, right. you know, with a hundred tacos that she paid for. Right. But why, why would you even acquiesce to that? Why would you? Why would you buy someone a hundred tacos? I, have you Have you ever been stuck in a situation where you're like, oh my god, like. I should we buy were, this guy a hundred tacos. No, but you were too sort of embarrassed. Like, you, have you ever paid for something that was like way too expensive? What because it, you didn't how you yeah, didn't know no. how much it was going to cost, and then you're like, oh my god, what am I supposed to do here? I absolutely understand, but they yeah. were out on a date, just the two of them, right? Yeah. So, so how do you validate a hundred tacos? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe she was desperate too, you know, and and wanted to please sure. someone because I'll she buy really wanted to find somebody. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's all kinds of people for out love. Wouldn't you yeah. buy someone a hundred tacos? Certainly, yeah. it'd be well worth it. Well, yeah. But the picture. Do you know the picture that they used for you, Preston? On the I don't remember. Site? It was a while ago. It was months ago. Were you happy uh, with the picture? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. Is it why. from the image? <laughs> why you clearly have an opinion on your picture? No, I'm I'm actually okay with the picture that okay. they used. I was like, yeah. okay, you know. Oh well, man, they used a lousy picture <laughs> yeah, right? of me. They're catfishing with a terrible picture. Yeah. Um, let me go to Mike on the phone. Say, hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, guys, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, Mike, what's up? 
So uh, about a year ago, I found out that somebody had given out my phone number on Grinder. Oh, no. <laughs> Grindr. Um, and I, I found out, I got a random text. It's like, hey, this is so-and-so. I'm like, I, I don't know who this is. He's like, oh, it's uh, whatever his name was. Uh, you gave me your number on Grinder, And then before I could respond with, I'm not on there, someone's messing with you, uh-huh. I got, bam, open my phone and gooch pick. D-pick? Gooch pick. D-pick. Gooch pick. Oh, gooch? Wait, what's a gooch pick? That's the chundle, the the, uh, the, the chode. The taint? Uh, yeah, I said chundle, grundle. <laughs> I like Chundle, yeah. though. Chundle I like Chundle. I would like to know Chundle. Chundle. Yeah, yeah. It's a new one. It's one of the houses at Hogwarts, isn't it? Uh, Chundle yeah. is Chode and Grundle at the same time. Yep. It's All a right. Chundle. And did you respond to that, Mike? I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, someone's messing with you. I'm not on there. Yeah. Good luck. Okay. And then I deleted yeah. and blocked the number. All is right. it possible it's just completely um, organic <laughs> and this guy just randomly picked your name and said, I'm going to send him a picture of my Chundle, <laughs> which connects... London to I, Paris. Right. I mean, I don't know what kind of conversation he was having on the app before he moved to texting me, but, I mean, bold move. Yeah. yeah. Bold move. <laughs> yep, exactly. All right, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, well, Casey, you going to do anything? You're going to try and get... Uh, no, I mean, try and she end said... That or she, yeah, or no, help it along. <laughs> no. Uh, she said she was going to report it for me. I said, well, all right, well, give me any details if, uh, if you have any. Uh, but, like, I don't even know. Like, do they don't even... Ha- I don't even know how you can... They do anything. You know, whether it be them or Twitter or Instagram, like they don't have a hot, they don't have a front desk. Yeah, as easy you know as, I mean? as so the process is obviously easy. How many times have you found fake accounts of yourself up on? Have you been reporting? A few times, a couple yeah. times, right? Yeah, four or five probably. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's clearly something that's easy to set up quickly, and then they, you know, they, when it comes down, they set up another one. Yep, yep, yep. All right, <laughs> well, maybe you'll get some dates out of it, Casey. Who knows? A chundle is one hundred tacos. <laughs> a ch- <laughs> Is that from a text? That texter, yeah. A chundle is 100 tacos. I, yeah, I like that. That right. makes sense. I like that. <laughs> uh, somebody texted and said someone is using Alex Holly from Fox Good Day on Instagram and catfishing people. I could see that. I mean, it's so I really stupid, cared. though. Like, like, using somebody that's relatively famous, you're yeah. going to get found out. Even you, Case. Like, it's not like, you know, you're Tom Cruise, but, like, people know who you you're are. You're Tom Chundle. Right. You're yeah. Tom Chundle. <laughs> And, but, they, uh, but this dude is uh, from the Bronx, so I listen. Okay. Plenty of fish is, I guess you're, you know, you try and stay in your general area, okay. right? So people aren't going to know my face in in the Bronx. They right. might know it in Philadelphia. There's but. a Netflix movie about this. <laughs> it wasn't that great. I didn't make it through the end, but okay. basically that somebody steals, you know, they steal someone else's identity, and he goes to, they have this relationship, and they, you know, they bond over the phone and all this kind of stuff, and she goes to his house and surprises him, and it's not him, nothing like him, and he lives in his parents' basement. There. <laughs> Going to, I, I assume they wouldn't try to meet somebody. They're going to try and scam some. They're going to try yes. and get something. That's yeah. the idea. You know? Yeah, but they're I, using your picture. Here's my awesome mailing address. Sh- Please send 100 tacos. Right. Please send a jundle <laughs> of tacos <laughs> to this address. By the way, uh, Kathy, that that story you just told maybe I don't know why. I randomly think of a, a movie trailer I saw over the weekend. I guess it's. Uh, uh, I guess it's Jennifer Lopez and Owen oh, yeah. Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marry okay. me. Is yeah. that it? That looks stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, if it's cute, I'll like it. I know yeah. it'll probably it probably will be cute. But the guy's holding up a sign. Oh. She's a she's a musician, a star, and somebody holds up a sign that says "Marry me," and it's Owen Wilson, and she says, "Yes, I will marry you." I don't know why. I can tell you why. If you why? want the, the the specifics here, so she's she's a singer who's involved in this relationship with another very popular singer, and so they're going to do this thing on stage where he's going to propose to her. But before she's about to go on stage. 
she sees a viral video floating around of him cheating on her. Ah. And so she's all teary-eyed up on stage. Now, some other guy in the audience had gone to the bathroom and he hands his, his thing that says, Marry me to Owen Wilson, who's there, to, who took his daughter to the concert. And she looks down in a moment of complete, you know, depression and her head is spinning. Yeah. She says, I will. Oh, and then they're okay. off and running. Oh. Sounds like a true story. And you know that it, <laughs> it will end in the in falling in love and having babies. And I never that. thought I could love just simple teacher, but I do. Right. Okay. I wasn't sure what that was all about. <laughs> all right. Um, I noticed some other things. Wow. I noticed... Um, well, I noticed Kathy gave me an email here a second ago. And is this the one we talked about on the phone last night? What was the email? Eagles thing. Oh, oh, oh. That's the second guy. Okay. Am I talking about the second guy or the first guy? Let's here? talk no, about no. them both. Well, Marissa brought both up the of first them. There's guy. Two guys, Marissa there's brought up two the first guy. In a okay. competition against each other. We have an email from both of them. Okay. All right. I got you. So, well, we don't want to pay, play favorites. Parks Sportsbook has a contest uh, looking for Pennsylvania's number one fan cave. Okay, and that's what this is. So uh, this is from Barry the Hatchet and Dawn. His name is Barry, B-A-R-R. Okay, I like that. Barry the Hatchet. Barry the Hatchet. (laughs) Right. And and the Hatchet is in quotations. Uh, So he said the response, he he wrote an email to Kathy. Uh, The response has been uh, simply unbelievable for just about every state in the country, as well as Canada, U.K., and the Bahamas, with such wonderful messages of support for your locker room. So he calls the his his man cave is or fan cave is the locker room and he says it's, you know, everybody who comes so it's your locker room. Okay. All right, the contest is just about a tie. So if you haven't voted yet, I urge you to please do so. Our friends have until Monday, February 7th at midnight to vote, so please kindly share uh, share, share, share and ask all your friends and family to give a vote uh, for your locker room. Um, and so he says, love, Lux, love, luck, lollipops, and linguine. <laughs> so bury the hatchet and dawn. They win this contest. They won this contest for having the, the best, um, eagles. Yes. Cave. They're trying Can to cave? Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah so there, right. were, there were different rounds. So I think the, the two that are up, you know, they, they're the final right. two. I've been out to Barry's locker room and it is out of this world. I have never I, have, I don't know anything about the other guy. I just know I've been to Barry's house and I've seen right. his locker room and it is nuts. I mean, he has everything you could possibly imagine There's in there. There's a lot of hardcore fans in the area obviously. Oh so. my gosh, it's so cool. It's like, like he tra- he basically renovated his entire garage. Uh, him and his wife, they, they were going to move to Florida, and they decided not to. They decided to stay back because they have kids and grandkids in the area. And so he said he wanted to build something um, that so they could basically have uh, family and friends over every, together? every Sunday together. And that's what he did. And he built this Eagles locker room with a bar. And, I mean, it's beautiful. Okay. And then the other one is a guy named Sean Watson. And it's he, Sean the Chundle Watson, Preston. He wrote an email that says, I'm very good friends with Jay Roy from Xfinity Live and a longtime listener to the Preston and Steve show. I'm in the competition for the best fan cave in PA, ending tomorrow at midnight, which is today, right? Yep. Right. Uh, which also happens to be my birthday. Hey! I'm a Delco guy going against very tough competitor from Reading. So I am a very big underdog, he says. Delco versus Barry the Hatchet in Reading. If there's any way you can get uh, me some help, some votes, I would really appreciate it. And who doesn't love a great underdog story in Philly? Uh, thanks so much in advance. That's Sean Watson. Uh, who reached out. Now, how do people vote 
for this. So there's a link. I, Nick, I sent it to you. I'm, I'm sure Marissa has it, too. Um, I guess we can put it up. It's sort of like a... Uh, it's not... I don't think it's anything you can give out. Like, I think I think you need to click okay. this link. So uh, Parks Sportsbook, uh, I think, is... Uh, maybe you can do a search on that. I don't really so know. So one of these guys will win. They're yeah. neck and neck. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Casey, if this guy wins... I'd probably get Delco some points yeah. in the, in the yeah. ongoing uh, contest. Really? Yeah. Well, he should win because he listens to the show. And that, yeah. too. Yeah, I don't so. know if the other guy listens. Yeah, he does. He does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he say he We've had him on. We had Barry on. I can't remember for what, but he, he's he been on our show before. Okay. Huh. All right. Well, I wanted I wanted to give some some love out there yeah. to both of these it's guys. It's hard to pick one, though. You have two solid competitors from yeah. the area. Wish both lifelong fans of the show. Yeah. I mean, if I, you know... It, <laughs> If I had the real desire to do, like, I would love to have a man cave like that, but it's just, uh, it's a lot of work. I have a lot of great ideas. After the pool. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? Do, do you have uh, an area? My, yeah, so we, my house has. Talking about for games. Uh, I have an football yeah, game. Yeah, we, my, we watch the game. Yeah, it's it's the back room. It's a small room. It's uh, classically, it's an office, so it's not that big. But when my mom moved in, we kind of got rid of the office and we put a whole bunch of, like, the, the furniture that was in the basement in that back room. And so it's cozy. Uh, it's only got room for, like, a, a couch, a love seat, and then, uh, you know, the, the TV. I mean, it's really, really cozy. Set up, set up for the game, though? Do you have it a is, yeah. sports memorabilia? N- no. And so I'm <clears> working on that. Like, you know, I'm working on not just sports memorabilia, just any, like, concert posters, sports memorabilia. Showtime rotisserie grill? <laughs> Possibly. All right. I just don't, you know, I think... Probably better off in the kitchen. But you don't you know. just set it and forget. That's all you got to yeah. do. That's what makes it so great. You never have to worry about it. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're enjoying moist, um, wonderful chicken. But I don't need like a, a bar or anything like that. Right. Just, you, know. you don't drink. No. But make it a. Uh, you trying to make it like a media room? You know, like not just for the game, but you can watch all kinds of. And that's what I do. Family entertainment. Thing. I watch all my movies there. All the TV shows. The all Tinder the, Swindler. All the Tinder Swindler. I watch that. Uh, uh, football games. So. I bought a like a sound bar for it because yeah, there was, okay. I was watching the so concert. So you do have a bar in there. You're right. Yeah, I do yeah, have a bar. sound bar. But wow. uh, but I have nothing on the walls, and I, I look. You know, press when you were doing your. <laughs> it's own, just it's just the wood. N- n- no, it's just paint and oh, okay, and, and, right. and uh, drywall. But like <laughs> when you were doing the show from your basement, yeah, uh, and I saw all those posters, and I was like, man, that looks really really good. I should steal takes, those. No, but it takes time and and a lot of work and planning. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah that's that's my spot. That's yeah. my my I go there alone. That's uh, where I my drums are set up, and and I've surrounded it with. Yeah. With stuff that visually oh, yeah. lends itself to that. And go there alone. Yeah. I but, whip it out. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, oh, yeah. Did you do the hanging, Preston? I did, yes. Because that's such a pain in the ass. Yeah. And, like, the measuring and, like, the getting it exactly the right way you need. So, I, Well, depending on depending on what you're hanging on the wall, how much it weighs, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead oh. you in the right direction, dude. Velcro strips. Seriously? Velcro strips. All I, right. The majority of things are hung with Velcro. All right. Because... You know, it you can you can slightly move it a little bit if it's a little bit uh, you know um, uh, not uh, level. You can just kind of. What's the it. word for them? I always hear <laughs> Preston. It is a nightmare. They I bought this thing that has a balance built into it, mm-hmm. and it, it is like I can't explain the mechanism for it. Oh, I, I saw it on one of the social media things. Uh-huh. It, it popped. You know I know what, what you're about? talking about. You yes. just put it up. Bam! The marks. It even has hooks and stuff in it. 
and you and you can hang stuff in like a minute. All right, I want that because <laughs> I'll, I'll send or you Velcro. Because I'm to be an as idiot. Me too. I'm an idiot. And well, I, I've tried nailing them to the walls, and because I, I got my basement redone last year, right? And it looks great, and I love how it turned out. But I have frames of things that I would love to hang, but I'm nervous about doing it on my own. Uh, Steve, does your thing have lasers? No, no, but I've seen the laser one. It's really okay. good. Yeah. yeah, I do like lasers. The problem yes. is, like, I feel like all... It has a machine gun. <laughs> all frames that need to be hung, just put one thingy in the middle. So, do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, like, you know, you have to, like, line it up on, like, one on either side. A, make sure that... Uh, it's level. B. You know, lot- make sure that like the the holes are exactly as far away for, as the, and it makes it harder if you just only put it in the middle. Yes, my th- my know, thing though, allows of, you to do that, but yeah. a lot of times that that's that they do two because you're supposed to put a wire there, mm-hmm. so then you can still just do one hole in your wall. That makes more sense, Kathy. <laughs> Why? Why, I don't know why, why I so my wife? There's a few different kinds. There, there are the yeah. two on either end where you do need to put right. um, uh, a nail there right. or whatever you're hanging. Um, there's one in the middle where you can use a nail, and then there's the wire as well, which you can just use one nail in the middle yeah. too. Kathy, you know what I have down the shore? I have one of those. It is like a three poster set, or oh, it's not a poster, oh, but pink. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. it's like it's a it's a map of the uh, of the world, and it's mm-hmm. three different ones. And you know, I level? sat there with a protractor. <laughs> I, had, I had like it takes the, the T one thousand calculator, and I'm working. And it took me forever. But Steve, I got it right, and it looked good. And then, and then it didn't. And then all of a sudden, like midsummer, I was what like, happened? "What's going on here?" I was like, "Those things, there's like three different heights going on right now." It was so frustrating. So I had to go back and like do it all over again. Things were sagging. People that can do it and do it. I mean, again, this device makes it easy, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> Try hanging a swinging anal seat, and oh, it's, uh, sure. it's impossible. Uh-huh. You got to uh-huh. find it. Oh man, and that's the other thing. I have a stud finder. And speaking of anal seats, okay, <laughs> yes, you know, right here. The I'll be right over. I don't like Look so at these nipples. when you're using the stud. There's two different settings. One is like stu- and then the other one. I don't even know what that means. Case I have the ultimate stud finder. <laughs> I have all the gadgets and none of the ability. But when you do the so, stud finder, what, like when it starts beeping, what does that mean? Does that mean you mine has a stud? Mine has arrows. Uh huh. It also tells you if you're on if you're on an electric. If you're if there's a, a power cord, it tells you what what. You have behind the drywall. It's awesome. I mean, my brother-in-law, though, I was going to attempt to hang something that was going to hold 60, 70 pounds of weight. Yeah. And I said, no, what, oh, what, oh, am I kidding? Yeah. So to, to do it the exact right way, you need somebody who's got some smarts, and I don't have them. Hercules hooks. Hercules hooks, yeah, well, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. They, They'll hold a lot of weight. Yeah, and yeah. They look really thin. They're easy. You don't they, even need a nail or anything, or a hammer. They had these things years ago that had actually it would you would um, it was a shelf you could put in a corner, and you'd you'd pull out like it was almost like razor blades on a slide. Mm-hmm. So you'd hold it in the corner and you just push the things into the wall, and it actually stayed. It was a shelf that was that quick to put in. No kidding. Yeah, but how many corners can you fill up with, with stuff? So social. Media has has helped with like I follow a bunch of things on on Instagram like woodworking stuff. Press you turn me on to the the uh, world of engineering or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you see these things, you're like, okay, this you know, if I just had the time uh, and and the know how to just figure all this stuff out, it, it would be great. But I don't. Hang on, I'm going to go to Julie. Helpful tip for you don't want to buy all the gadgets. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Julie. What's uh, up? I have a tip on uh, hanging frame pictures. Okay. That uh, you can 
see if you like the way the setup is going to look before you actually put a hole in the wall. Okay. You trace the frames on, like, wrapping paper or, like, brown paper, anything you have. A large, a large piece of paper? Yeah. Oh. Okay. And then hang that up, make oh. sure it's the right height. And then you can measure where the nails should go oh. on the back of the frame. Oh, that's so smart. But it's a good put move. Put the nail in and then just rip the paper off the wall. You know what? I would just hang the paper up. Yes. Yeah. Be great. Yeah, it look good. Look what I made. Look, it's got snow yeah. on it. <laughs> um, that's re- you know what, Julie? That's a very practical solution to the problem. Are you from Delco or Buxco? <laughs> I, I am from Monco. Oh. Five points for Monco. No. All right. Thank you, Julie. Appreciate it. By the way, here's a text that says, I can't believe you guys are talking about this. I Velcroed my entire man cave holding 50 frames about three years ago. So much easier. Yeah, I recommend you just use those uh, self-adhesive strips that you yeah. can buy and stick them on the back, and, and then you put two on the wall, or you put you, you put them onto the Velcro itself onto the frame, yeah. and then stick it on the wall. And we use them yeah. for Christmas decorations. Yeah, and hanging up like you know the uh, um, uh, anything like a garland and stuff like that. Right, yeah, it goes so quite nicely. We make were... sure the wall is clean though, because yeah. sometimes and and the frame is clean because sometimes the uh, adhesive might not hold. Okay, maybe that was. We the have issue. to take a break here shortly. Because no, you know what? I, I wrote the wrong time down. We have nine ten is a, is our interview, so oh, we do okay. have a couple of extra minutes. All right, go ahead. Uh, but I wasn't sure. Maybe no. we don't want to fold Martin Cove into this. No, no, but press. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was the the paint on the wall or if it was the salt air. But we were trying to use those Velcro command strips, and it just kept falling down. Mm, that's and, a problem. It is. Yeah. And, well, especially because it gives you this false sense that, like, okay, it's up there, it's good, and then you walk away, and then ten minutes later, you just Bang. hear a crash in the other. And when room. you have the cuckoo clock crash onto your head <laughs> while you're watching Tinder Swindler, right? <laughs> Back to Tinder Swindler. Um, all right, so anyhow, these guys are running for uh, essentially best fan cave, Eagles fan cave. I mean, they're, they're both good. Yep. If yep. you want to destroy a long-standing family tradition, though, that you know you can vote against the one guy. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You can go for that. All right, uh, I guess I'll have time to notice one more thing. One more thing to notice. That's all we have time for for now because we have Martin Cove and his kids joining us. Um, what do I go to here? Because uh, I have a number of different things. How about... Something that will last for about five minutes. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> I saw this. I thought this was kind of fun. Uh, Oregon. Uh, Bend, Oregon. You know the uh, the boot that they'll slap on a car? Yes. If you are... Uh, if you're behind on your... Uh, if you have too many, uh, you know, traffic tickets or whatever and you haven't paid for them. So they have a new device. It's called the Barnacle. The Barnacle. For repeat parking violators it's a foldable contraption and essentially it's it's almost the entire size of your windshield on your car and they slap it right on there over the windshield over the windshield and you can't remove it no way so so is it an adhesive or is it a clamp i don't know i don't know how they stick it on there it's some type of that picture frame thing i think it's suction velcro (laughs) wow Um, so and there's a phone number on the device that you can call and pay for your tickets and then it will release it from the vehicle automatically. So there's and then you have to re- you have to return the device. All right, we're looking at it. Uh, okay, it looks like a, <laughs> like a padded thing. That's actually kind of interesting. It covers almost the entire windshield. I Do you know what I would say? With and they'll that? put that right on the front. What? As a theft deterrent. Put that on. Yeah, as you, oh, yeah. Right? People can't okay. steal it. Right. Well, they could. They could just drive with their head out the window. Right. You know, but you're not going to do that. All the time, uh, you might do it to take it to your chop shop and cut it up. How long know. does it take to put on? Do they say? Mm, doesn't say. 
You just hammer it right on. So you must uh, return the device to the parking services offices in the downtown parking garage. According to the city's website, a vehicle with five or more unpaid citations of uh, $250 or, or with $250 in outstanding citations might be subject to a mobilization. So it looks like two yellow mats joined with a hinge. What I would do if I had a lot of outstanding tickets... I would just replicate this and just set it on my car at night. All the time. Yeah. They, oh, they, were, they already uh, barnacled oh, this We already guy. barnacled this dude. Right. Uh, you guys ever got... I've never gotten booted. No. I've never gotten... I tell you what, I went I to... I pay my tickets. I went to a college, though, where they were boot crazy. Yeah. I mean, that you would walk through the parking lot, they were all over the place. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's like, come on, man. I, get, I wonder if Pierre's ever gotten booted. Because, I think so, yeah. I yeah. Mean, he's gotten towed. He's gotten impounded. He's gotten. He, he had run, his legs booted. He's got. He's run the gamut. But like, even when I see a boot on somebody else's car, if it's yeah. I, I get nervous for them. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I don't know what you went through to get to this <laughs> yeah. point, but man, yeah. that blows. Do you remember the uh, Homer driving with four boots on his Yes. yes. It's New awesome. York. God. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I, so I had a, um, I have a ticket that I have not paid yet. I'm fighting it right now. And like, I don't know at, at a certain point when... You start to get booted because I, I think it's way more than than one. Just one it's way TV. more. Okay. They've got yeah. bigger fish. Ad- they've got yeah. You've addressed it too. They're not going to boot you if if you've addressed. Yeah, but they the haven't situation. called me back. Like and so that's what I'm like worried about. Is, is this is, you or your uh, alter ego in Brooklyn? No, no, no. It's Bronx. Oh, Bronx and, uh, no, no. This is actually me. I got a red light camera ticket, and, and it just stinks because a couple of different things. A the the signs that say no turn on red yeah. um are it's, they're obstructed by a whole bunch of wires b uh when you look at the video i had a green light but there was a, a red arrow that said, you know that i guess it should have been green for me to be able to turn right on on green you turned you know, on a red arrow i turned on a red arrow okay um because i guess there's a there's a bike lane where i was going if you go to court and the red light doesn't show up <laughs> Do they find in your favor? I no, I don't okay. think it's like the uh, the police officer. Right. But it, the, so here's the deal, though. If even even if you didn't see the sign that said no right on, uh, no no right on turn on red, right? A red arrow would make me think you can't turn right on red. Period. That's what I would. That's yeah. how and I would so, interpret it. And we, I think we've talked about this before because I don't know what the actual rule is here. Because wouldn't there not be an arrow if you could turn there? Right. Yes. Yeah, so if there's an arrow, you can't. Don't turn. Yeah. Right. But when it says, hire these two as your lawyer. It says right. It says like a like a, oh gosh, I can't remember what the sign says. Something like a you know right turn. No turn on red. No, there is a no turn on turn red. Turn on red wait with a question mark. I think wait there's a there, but there's two of them. There's one that says wait for green and one that says no turn on red. Yes, they they mean different things. I know. And they, you, we, we did this conversation and it lasted a half hour, and I wanted to kill. And everyone. we never understood it. And finally, we determined that no, there's no sign that says don't wait for green. But <laughs> I, you know, with the, I they mean two different things. Red light cameras and uh, speeding cameras, I think, suck ass yeah. because here's you the get deal: caught doing things wrong. <laughs> you, not just that, but there's there's no like. You know, like, well, let, let me make a judgment call on this one. Like, because here, here's what I feel like. If there was a cop right there. Right. And I did what I did, he'd probably be like, ah, whatever. You know, he slowed down. He looked both ways. I didn't just, like, blow this red light. You right. know what I mean? Like, if you get caught in, like, D.C. going, let's say, 65 into 60, they're going to they're gonna clip you. You know, they're, they're going to clip you for speeding. There's an explanation behind you on the screen here, Case. Can you right. see? Are you wait can... for green. No, this not... is wait for green. Yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't mean it does not mean you can't turn on red. Only a no turn on red sign prohibits uh, turning on red. Wait for green is a warning that the traffic that stopped at the light on the opposite side of the street facing you will have a green light before you do. 
So you you can turn right. You should just put this whole paragraph up on the uh, on a sign. So uh, so Casey, you're fighting this. Are you trying to fight this? Yeah, I'm going to try. But you know, so I made a phone call, and it's you know, I don't want to make a big big stink about it. But you're entering law school. But I am entering (laughs) law school. It's it's probably going to end up costing me tens of thousands of dollars to fight this one hundred dollar ticket. But it's going to be worth it. Guys, you can't do the show tomorrow. I'm in prison. It's a hundred dollar ticket. Manslaughter. Yeah, it's a hundred dollars. I mean, so. Well, when you say that, do you mean that's expensive or not? Yeah, that's yeah. expensive. It is. Expensive. I think it is. Yeah, and so, it, and it might even be more now because I haven't, uh, I haven't paid it. But and no, it's, it's been. Not, if you've addressed it, if you mailed it in to say yeah. you're fighting it. Oh it, no, it I made a, I made a phone call. I didn't mail it in. Well, then, yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. Go, just mail it in. Tell <laughs> you're going them you're to the big house. It. What's the most expensive ticket you guys have ever gotten? Oh, dude. So I parked handicap spot overnight. I yeah. parked because oh, it, it you was. Didn't. Well, there was a tree over the handicapped uh, parking, you know, no park. Like, you know, and I, and I was able to actually fight it. How much? Yeah. Uh, it was $700. $700? It was two, two days. Two days. That you two been in that parking spot. Right, right. I got one uh, for parking in, a, is it handicap? Is that the correct term? A spot. And uh, it was $310, but it was not overnight, and it was definitely not two days. Mm. But I 310 got, is a I, lot. When I was in my... Younger days, okay, 20 years old, I got a DUI. Okay. Oh, that's expensive. Yeah. That was pricey. Did you lose your license? Court, oh, how much? Stuff. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, ask my dad. Yeah. He would have paid for it back then. He but, probably remembers. Um, you didn't I, lose your license? No, I didn't lose my license. Okay. I, I had to go to classes, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, I had to do community service and stuff like that. So, he can't drive yeah. without his classes. But, but I had, I had, <laughs> I had points on my license I hate the yeah. points. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. It's, you got to work that off. I got a speeding ticket. I think it was 170. Wow. Mm. You remember how fast you were going? Um, 170. No. Nick, I don't remember how fast I was going. What I do remember is that I woke up in Atlantic City at 11.30 and needed to be somewhere at noon. <laughs> oh, so you sped from AC Back to wherever to you needed to go? Back into my sister-in-law's that's, that's baby shower. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't speed on the AC Expressway. I yeah. actually, wait, hold on, sorry. I got the ticket, Nick, on the blue route, one exit from where I get off. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, are you kidding me? I almost made it. <laughs> we, were, we were playing this game not that long ago uh, with a group. Uh, uh, it's uh, these games called Jackbox games. So everybody can play and you use your your uh, your phone to to be a participant in the game. And and there's essentially a question is asked amongst the group. One person doesn't get the question, and you just have to pretend like you know the answer. So it sends you this prompt. Yes. And anyhow, the question was. Uh, and I didn't know what the question was. You're supposed to just hold up your hands and, and show a number right. referring to this question that sent you. I wasn't sent the qu- or I was sent the question. They're trying to find out who the liar is, and it was how many times have you been pulled over? Okay, and showing your hands. And I, I hold up my hands. I hold up ten, and and they were like, so they thought I was the liar and that I was just throwing up ten to for whatever. Right, and they were like. Ten times, I'm like, at least. Yes, yeah. of course. And they could not wrap their minds around somebody getting pulled over ten times. I think in my life, three times, yeah. like twice over? for inspection stickers. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good, you I know? pulled over twice in two days. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, for what? Yeah. L- uh, inspection. Oh. Uh, yeah, that was it. Same guy let me go, and then the next day, and I talked about it on the radio, and the next day he was waiting for me. I oh, seriously? Stupid. It was stupid, yes. Wait, how long ago? The was guy this? let me go. This was just when I was in Jefferson City, Missouri. Oh, oh okay. And I, Shout I, out to that sweet smelling state trooper in the Stetson hat. <laughs> I was just like, I, I, I told our audience, I'm, I'm like, hey, they will pull you over if you don't have your inspection yeah. sticker. And I said, well, the guy let me go, you know. So I was like, that was really cool. He gave me a warning, and of course, 
the police off. The 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 police were flooded with phone calls of people who were irate. <laughs> oh, cool. yeah. And I didn't know. And the next day, I'm driving down the same area. Dude oh. sitting there pulls me over, and he's like, "Heard about what you said on the air? Oh. Here's your ticket." Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It was my, it was stupid on yeah. my part. But anyhow. Well, now I'm going to go rob a liquor store. What you doing over there, Case? I'm looking at the uh, the street. I don't see a sign that says no. Go back what to it. What are you looking at? Uh, I'm looking at a, a street view of the intersection. There's just one sign that says no turn on red, but this, I think, is before they put the bike lane in. Okay. And so that's what the one lady was explaining to me is that they had a bike lane, and so sometimes there's a red arrow. The evidence doesn't break your way when you go back and look. <sighs> I feel like it does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that it does. If there was an arrow that was red, then you're not supposed to turn there, dude. Oh, my God. It's confusing. There's There are green... It, it, it is a green light. Well, can I ask... Can we... Preston, can you go to Justin? Yeah, that's who I was yeah. planning on, too. Uh, Justin, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. All right, Justin, you had a pretty pricey ticket. Yeah, it wasn't a speeding ticket or anything, but uh, I was coming off of 611 on the county line road towards Chalfont, and they... I was made aware that they changed the bridge weight limit like two weeks before I crossed it with a big rig. It was a dump truck and trailer and that was a $4,400 ticket. $4,400. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, yeah. and did you just end up paying it? Well, so he, he pulled me over and brought me to the scale house right there in Eureka Quarry off of the lower state road. Wow. And I was 23,000 pounds overweight. But I forget how they... Average, it used to be like $100 every thousand pounds, maybe. Dude, the, the, it was just two weeks prior that they switched it? Yeah, so I I've been, I grew up in Harleysville around where Preston is and all that North End area. And I drove that road all the time, but didn't, didn't realize it until I got pulled over. Yeah, we right. talked about that. Still, it's, it's still the law at that point, but I, I didn't, like a grace period wouldn't have hurt. So what was the right. end What was the end result, Justin? Well, I ended up going to fight it in Doylestown, and he gave me options. He's like, either you try to fight it, or I have it, so he offered me twenty two hundred. If he said if I don't accept the twenty two hundred, then I lose, and I pay the whole thing. So I just ended up paying. Oh the man, you over a barrel! Wow, wow, yep. that sucks. All right, and, and that came out of your pocket, right? Uh the company paid for half, and then I paid for half, so that kind of helped me out a bit. All right, whittled it down a little bit, but still, Finally. it's a grand. Yeah, that sucks, yeah, man. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, That's Justin. why I never take yeah, my big day, rigs guys. over bridges. That's pricey. That's pricey. All right. Well, anyhow, that's all I have time to notice because we have our guest coming up, uh, Martin Cove, and his kids are going to be joining us as kids. I mean, they're Yeah, dogs. they're 58. out late, uh, loud. So we'll come back in a moment, and uh, we'll talk Cobra Kai and more with them. Stay put. We will return shortly, my friend. Podcasts? Oh, yeah. MMR's got them. There's the Fun Size and Bizarre File editions, along with Preston and Steve Full Show Podcasts, plus the MM Archives Podcast and more. Click podcasts on WMMR.com. Listen, we have a couple of guests that are standing by, so Kath, let's put um, traffic on hold for a moment. Put a pin in it. We'll come back to that in a second because we want to talk to our guests. We've had to reschedule a couple times, and now, finally, we got them on. And we have had this gentleman in our studio before. Yes, we have. Uh, his uh, son and daughter we haven't had a chance to talk no. to. They do a podcast together. And, uh, yes, it's called The Cobra Coves, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. So, uh, please, first of all, let's welcome from Cobra Kai, as Sensei Crease, Mr. Martin Cove. Yeah. And also Jesse and Rachel Cove. Yeah. As well. Good morning, Coves. Hi. Yeah. 
good line. Right. <laughs> but it's called the kicking it with the coves. Oh, it's kicking it with the coves. See, I have it says here Cobra Coves, but it's kicking it with the coves. I like it. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're okay. (laughs) Some people get it confused. It's all right. Don't worry about it. All good. Uh, Martin, we had you in our studio. It was a a few years ago. It was well before Cobra Kai was doing what it does now, and we were so excited to have you in. It was really cool uh, hanging out with you, and, and now... Uh, this many years later, d- could you have ever seen the the success that this this little show, the Cobra Kai, has gone on to achieve? No, it's you know it's it's wild. I mean, it, from the initial time in Los Angeles, they proposed it to me after securing Billy and Ralph. I was just interested in doing something that was more versatile, just something that wasn't white hats and black hats like the movie. And they said they'd write the characters like that. They said they'd write my character like that. And, you know, they were writing all the characters with a certain sense of vulnerability, a certain sense of versatility. And I signed on. And the people just truly identified with it. And it's become one of the few shows that that you can get around the TV with family. And everyone can get something out of it. Absolutely. You know, and it's because of the writing. And it's because the three of us, you know, what other show for the three of us come back 35 years later and still do a TV series and look like the same guy, you know? You're right. And the, and the writing is clever enough where it's it's kept me guessing now because I thought for sure it would follow some pretty uh, uh, obvious pathways. And it is not. It's taken us on twists and turns. And, and you're right. This writing is fantastic. Rachel, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion, your kids. What did you think when your dad was headed down initially this? Are you like, are you serious? You're going back to Karate Kid? Um, Hi. Thank you so much for having us. I was so excited because Karate Kid came out before I was born. Although I feel like I've been living in the Karate Kid universe since since I was delivered. (laughs) This is always what I tell people since I was born. I feel like I've been in the Karate Kid universe. I was so excited to see this character come to life and, and watch the development of it. That's awesome. And then, Jesse, you actually ended up uh, in one of the episodes, correct? I did, I did. I was in season three. I actually played um, the bully um, who ends up, uh, you know, getting in a huge fight with young John Kreese, which was uh, pretty amazing to be able to do that. Yeah, that was uh, that was unexpected. I didn't know they were going to dive into Crease's background, but the fact that uh, that you were brought on board—that's a cool little synergy that they made it happen. And and Martin, have you have you had uh, have you guys worked together acting wise, you and Jesse? Oh yeah, we you know Jesse and I. Jesse's about to star in a movie called Dodge. It's all about Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. It's like a prequel to Tombstone. And he plays Wyatt Earp, and it's really, really cool. It's when Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp met. I'm going to do that, you know, a couple of days with him on that show. But, yeah, we've worked together in the movie, you know, D-Day, and Jesse stars in that with uh, Weston Cage, Nick's son, who's a friend of his, and the World War II movie called D-Day. And cool. We have another one coming out called um, uh, A Taste of Love, which is soft, soft. Hallmark-type movie, and Jesse's a romantic lead. Yeah, yeah, we have such a good time, you know. I mean, we have a great time. And, you know, running with Rachel, and Rachel, you know, I mean, Rachel is such a good actress as well. 
we're all just waiting to slide Rachel into something <laughs> really important that we're doing because she's such a, you know, she's a little talent. She spearheads this, this uh, podcast, you know. It's, it was her idea initially. So explain what the uh, the tone and tenor of the of the podcast is. Obviously, people know you guys and know you specifically uh, more so, uh, Martin. But what 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 do you guys want to accomplish? What's the uh, the modus operandi of the podcast? Well, the podcast it's it's not a Cobra Kai recap show. It's you know we do talk about Cobra Kai, of course, and we talk about the history of you know we talk about the history of Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, our experience around that. You know, uh, it's really an amazing show that's like letting people one into our lives. Um, you know, we're an entertainment family and it's also very family oriented. You know, I'm a brother, my sister's a mom, obviously my, my, my dad is a father and the dynamic between the three of us is I think really, um, interesting for people to listen to, you know, from all of our different perspectives, you know, Rachel, you know, being, being female, she has a great perspective on things. And then, you know, we talk about pop culture, entertainment, you know, we, we're going to have doctors and psychologists on the show, you know, people who are in the mental health field, also, you know, athletes and actors as well from the show. You know, we, we, we talk intimately about things that happened, you know, uh, before Karate Kid, you know, that happened during those shoots that people have never really heard before. So we really just want to keep this a very open show that everybody can listen to, you know, very similar to Cobra Kai. Any, anyone can, if you're a if you're a woman, a man, a kid, a fan of the show, a fan of us, you know, it's for everyone. You talk about the mental health aspect of it, and obviously you have a show where you had sort of one-dimensional characters in the in the film versions, but you have these very um, nuanced characters, and everyone has, you know, foibles, and everyone has good qualities, and, and uh, it's sometimes hard uh, to... To realize that, so do you get a lot of people reaching out to you who who know you from obviously the Cobra Kai universe, but are are um, brought along by what you're addressing as far as mental health issues? Yes, I, I get people reaching out to me all the time because the sh- because the show addresses so much about about bullying, and we talk a lot about bullying on the podcast. We bring in mental health experts that have, and I've been working with clients for. 13 years now, uh, all who struggle with mental health and substance abuse issues and depression, anxiety. And so we really use this, this podcast to talk about all these difficult subjects um, and shine light on it so that we can normalize a lot of the things that are stigmas right now. Um, and it's very powerful because, again, we are a family, and, and what I intend to do is to make these conversations more prevalent and more, uh, again, normalized in families so that families can learn to be vulnerable and connect more and that's what we're doing love it it's important work that you guys are getting done well excellent well we wish you luck with everything uh we're certainly uh, a fan martin of cobra kai and uh looking to see more of both uh jesse and rachel and all three of you guys who knows maybe you'll make your own movie together the three of you <laughs> the kicking coves so uh nonetheless we want to remind people that the podcast yes i got it wrong kicking it with the coves is what it's called it's available on podcast one itunes worry, spotify you're, you're in philly you're just having too many cheesecakes you got it yeah, or steaks, yeah. all right thank you guys martin and jesse and I'm... rachel the coves gang yeah. on the Preston and steve show all right Oh, man. I wonder yeah, they, if they're in the same room or not. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't, they, didn't no. sound like it. No, nah, they changed the name of the uh, of the podcast, so 
Yeah, because uh-huh. I have here Cobra Coves. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right, well, nonetheless. And, hey, all right. we skipped traffic. Why don't we get a look oh, at yeah. that now and see what's up, Kathy, what you got? We have jam traffic on 95 southbound from Academy to Cotton, the Betsy Ross Bridge through to Girard, the Vine westbound, heavy the length. Uh, north on 95 between Delaware and Concord Pike. This is in Wilmington. We've got uh, jam traffic through the construction zone there. Uh, also on the Blue Route northbound, you're slow, 95 to McDade Boulevard, Baltimore Pike to uh, the Media Bypass southbound from the Mid-County Tolls to the Schuylkill. Schuylkill eastbound slows from Conshohocken into Belmont and then heavy the Boulevard to the Vine westbound. Their avenue to the Vine, the Boulevard to Belmont, and then again at Conshohocken. New Jersey Turnpike uh, southbound at 133 in the outer truck lanes. The right lane still blocked. That's an accident. 55 northbound jams north of Deptford to the 42 freeway and then 295 southbound slowing 168 to 42. This traffic report brought to you by Typico Sportsbook. They're now live in New Jersey. Typico lets you track, bet, and cash out. Visit Typico.com or download the mobile betting app and start with a risk-free bet. Terms and conditions apply. 21 and up. See site for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. You mentioned uh, mental health in that uh, that conversation with them. And I think this would help all of us mental health-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that uh, more and more companies are starting to see the validity of a four-day work week oh. and a three-day weekend. I saw or this is that in, becoming a reality? I saw this in the elevator this morning. Oh, you learned it from elevator news? Yeah, it's, okay. it said um, that younger management, so like management under a certain age, was uh, more likely to institute this uh, in their work week. Right. And we've heard, we've heard uh, mentions of this from time to time. Right. Uh, but it seems like it's, it's actually starting to get a little bit more... Traction. Uh, normal, a little more traction, yeah. I think with people uh, who, you know, over the past two years who have worked from home or have split schedules or hybrid schedules or whatever, you're starting to see applications of this. It is kind of weird. Now, I consider I uh, kind of a, a workaholic, you know, acumen, and I and I try to stop that. But um, the validity of a three-day weekend is pretty cool. I'll tell you why. For me, and I think you agree this with this, Preston, Friday afternoon feels like the weekend. It's my favorite time, Friday into the evening. Mm-hmm. Saturday, okay, it was the weekend. And then Sunday, Sunday is ruins. just counting the hours. It doesn't really count. Until, until, no. until Monday. Yeah, I no, agree. I can't get over that. Like, I need... I, I wish I could embrace Sunday, but I can't. Something. No, you can't have Monday either. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and Stephen, I think, like... The the cool thing about a four four day work week is that you can still be a workaholic. You can yeah. you can work just as hard yeah, yeah. And, and be just as productive and and value your work um, just as much. And and I think that like when you talk about mental health and, and people embracing it, like employers are recognizing that if this makes our employees happier and they're just as productive, if not more productive, right. why not embrace it? Uh, are there countries around the world that that um, has any country officially embraced? Well, embraced? Iceland moved mm-hmm. closest. Yeah. So this is in a, in a pilot program from the four-day week global group that's spearheading the movement. 35 North American companies, around 20-plus global companies and countries are testing out four-day work weeks. In total, nearly 2,000 employees will be getting a paid day off weekly through the course of the trial. Uh, the numbers don't include companies that have already adopted this shortened week program. So the organizations run the gamut from small startups to large global corporations. Uh, the companies represent a wide array of sectors, including cultural analysis to health information, manufacturing, uh, telco, tech, and web design. 
uh, building and construction management, hospitality, so a whole bunch of different things. Uh, have they been able to determine with any data yet as far as productivity? If it, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the story? Very much so. Well, I'll get to that. So uh, recently there's been a number of venture capital-backed startups that subscribe to the four-day work week ethos, which is kind of what uh, right. I think Kathy was talking about. Uh, Dakwa is one of the first tech company startups that had an existing four-day work week to receive a considerable amount of funding from venture capitalists and investors. Dakwa? And instead of the expected Friday off, Dakwa CEO Mike Melio said they have Monday off in their three-day weekend. And this day off doesn't have any catches, nor does it adversely impact employee compensation, time off, or hours that they need to work. I think I would opt for Monday off. Yeah, how would, I don't know how they work. Like, if you're required to work a 40-hour work week, so are you only working 32 hours, or? They introduced legislation, recently Democratic Congressman Mark uh, Takano introduced legislation that would reduce the standard work week from 40 hours to 32 hours. Okay. Mm. So the people that I know that work um, four-day work weeks now, like, with their company, they uh, they're adding the hours at the end of each day, Monday through Thursday. Yeah, okay. so my son has a four-day work week, and he works 10 hours a day. Yeah. Okay. So it's a longer work day, mm-hmm. and, he, and he gets uh, three days off. And I wonder how, like, uh, you know, mentally this works out for people like uh, nurses and police officers and EMTs who work these, like, 12-hour shifts. Uh, you know, like, you talk to intern Joe, right? And uh, he is a his paramedic or an EMT now, and he works these, like, He'll work like two or three really, really long days in a row. Right. And then he has off for like four days. Right. Yeah. I got a text from a cop friend, Casey, and I'll keep you anonymous cop friend. But he says, I work a four day schedule and it is awesome. He loves it. So, uh, and he works about 40 hours a week. Steve, you're asking about productivity. So, pilot programs run by governments and businesses across the globe have shown promising results as productivity climbed and workers reported better work life balance. Less need to take sick days, heightened morale, and lower childcare expenses because they had more time with their family and children. Interesting. Yeah. And does this work better for people who have jobs that, when they're done and they go home, the job stays at work? Or well, take a look at the data from Chundleco. <laughs> Or Which like for question. people that work from home or, or, I, or working all the time. You work all the time. I work at home. Yeah. I, I go home and, and I, I've got more work to do. I mm-hmm. spend anywhere from one to two hours yes. at home. Focus strictly on work, yeah, and so that's added on to the workday here, you know. And and we don't we we work after we get off the air as well here. We don't just. And also, the show you and also leave. work while you're if you're eating lunch or anything. I like I never take lunch here, you know. I I, I uh, that's not part of the thing. I know it's a weird thing to say because our jobs are great, um, but we do kind of work all the time. Like you're sort of paying attention to the yeah. world around you at all times, thinking. This might be a topic for the show. And so right. there's always sort of in the back of your mind, is this is this show-centric, and therefore it's kind of work. Yeah, you live the job. Yeah. You know, I remember when I, when I was at broadcasting school, especially, uh, I went to a class on sports reporting, and the guy's like, okay, if you want to do this, you got to live the job. Yep. You got to know everything that's going on all the time, pretty yeah. much, in the world of sports. You have to watch the games. You have to go to these events. You have this to. This really knows how to play <laughs> guitar. You have to do this stuff outside of just being a fan right. or reporting during work hours. It's it's all day long. And it's a great job. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt and about it. And if you it. love it, then exactly. you, you win. You know, yes. it's all great. Absolutely. Hang on, let me go to Gage. Hey, Gage, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. What's up, my man? Not much. So I actually work for a school district, and I work four days a week. Now, in our contract, it's four 10-hour days. All right. So that's how they work it. We oh, lost him. 
Gage? We, yeah. Okay, we lost you for a second. So that's yeah. how it works out, 10-hour days. Correct, yeah. Okay. So then the weird part is, like, holidays and stuff like that. So, like, I have off on Fridays. A lot of guys have off on Mondays. So you have to work essentially overtime to build up a compensation bank. So when you have off or you take a sick day, they put in an extra two hours to bring you up to your 10 hours for that day to get you a 40-hour work week. Okay. Mm. I wonder what... Go ahead. It's a little confusing to kind of wrap your head around at first, but once you get it, it's easy. You just have to have a bank of extra hours. So if... uh, also, oh, Gage, on a Tuesday, you have the two hours to fill in for your 10-hour day. Also, Gage, you think about this. Is so many, like, holidays fall on a Monday, usually. Correct. Right. So, so what, what, do they bump that to a Tuesday, or how does that work? No. So, like, if you have off on a Monday, and that's a holiday, you're, you essentially gain a couple hours All right. for your compensation. But if it's, say, you work on Mondays, and it's a holiday. There's two hours that are unaccounted for because the holiday is eight. Lost him. Damn it. Ah. Damn it. I was starting to not totally understand yeah. that, too. All right. Thank you, Gage. By the way, Steve, around the world. So here you go. Scotland previously launched a trial four-day work week. And how did it work out? Uh, the decision was culmination of the campaign promise made by ruling Scottish National Party. Workers will have their hours reduced by 20%, but won't suffer any loss of compensation. The program will be funded by SNP uh, with uh, $13 million, uh, and the monies will be used to experiment with the abbreviated work week. Some Scottish businesses have already started their own truncated work weeks. Huh. Spain has announced that it will run a trial four-day work week. Uh, they agreed a 32-hour work week over three years without cutting workers' compensation. Uh, the pilot program, similar to what Scotland is doing, intends to reduce employers' risk by having the government make up the difference in salary when workers switch to a four-day schedule. You know why I love the three-day weekend? Is, and it's, it's probably obvious to say, but, like, you get a day to chill. You get a day if you want to, like, hang out with your friends or do something or go out. And then you have a day to get stuff done, like a day to get laundry done and cleaning and whatever. Like, it, it, when you have all three days to do that, it I, it feels like a full weekend. When it's just a two-day weekend, it, it just doesn't seem like yeah. a, it's enough time. And we get a jump on it because we get... We do. Uh, so, like, on Friday, Again, we're lucky. Uh, you know, yeah. but still, uh, it's it's a different animal. It's just psychologically also, I think, after a while. And it, everyone I know considers Sunday kind of pretty much the same thing, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you, you, you know, because you lose the night. For us, time off, to me, yeah. is best and then more acutely felt at nighttime because I can't believe I'm staying up. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm already up. I mean, I'm up at 3.35. Yeah. I'm, I'm home in the afternoon, so that that doesn't change. What it, When I really feel it is the night before. We're like, yeah. oh, my God. Uh, what I, I think I like best about having a day off or, you know, a week off or whatever is uh, the amount of emails or tweets or whatever you might get from people telling us that we take too much time off. I think, <laughs> hey, that's the best time. That's, you know, just imagine having a job where everybody can have an opinion on <laughs> the days that you have. Off? Yeah. Uh, let me go to Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. Good morning. I think it's appropriate to say sorry to call you guys at work. No, nope. yeah. it is yeah, appropriate. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Hey, so I do a four-day work week. I have Mondays. I work Monday, Tuesday. I have Wednesday off, and I work Thursday, Friday. 40 hours, that's four 10-hour days, but it's awesome. You work two, you have one off, you work two, and then you have two off. It's like you're not really at work. Yeah, yeah I that's, that's what, that's what uh, <sighs> yeah. Parker does. Yeah. yeah that's his, the Bob, what do you do? Information technology stuff. Information technology stuff? Okay. 
I've had jobs where I have had, for example, nice. my, my nice weekend pop. occurred and in, in was, was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Yeah. you know, where, where and I was working the weekend and all that stuff. And, and there was something to be said for that. You, whatever you, if you went and did stuff, it was never crowded, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And so there was that benefit. I, I didn't hate it at all. Yeah, the only, the, the difficult part is if you have friends that you want to meet right, up with. parties and, and, and things like that. Weekend, yeah. then, then your schedule is completely different. Right. But that is odd. When you have, when your days off are not weekends. Right. Uh, that it kind of throws things off a little bit. Or you might really, really like that. But I like the idea of this 32-hour thing. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, as opposed to having to tack on and do a longer day. I mean, just really dialing it back a bit and seeing how that works out. Because somewhere along the line, somebody said, hey, we need to have two days off a week. Right. You know, maybe before that, it was no days off a Why week. Why couldn't that guy have been drunk? Uh, other than, you I know, think three. Then the Sabbath, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you couldn't work on that day. Sure. Uh, but having, having, yeah, why not shoot for three? We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. I mean, it's all, it's all arbitrary. It is. All of it that's, it's made up. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you become accustomed to it over time, but yeah, it's the 40 day work week is a, is a pure invention. They've been talking about it for years. I've heard, this has always been the conversation, but you say you believe or they believe it's getting a little bit more traction now. Japan is following Spain's lead as well. The country is considering implementing a four day work week. The government of Japan is uh, leading the charge. And and they are known. As a very work-driven population. Yeah, it says it's somewhat surprising given Japan's hustle porn work culture. Yes. As bad or worse than Americans, uh, America's propensity to work incredibly long hours with little or no vacation time. Uh, the strenuously long hours that salarymen put in uh, led to death by overwork. Uh, it's commonplace. It's so commonplace Japan actually has a term for it, uh, Karoshi. Is what that's known as. Essentially, working yourself. Sounds like a delicious candy bar. Doesn't it, though? Is that a Karoshi? Can I have a bite? I'm going to go to Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. Good morning. What's up, Brian? My my wife works four days one week and then three days the next week and then rotates that schedule. Huh. What does she do? Uh, She is a team lead for a warehouse. A a what? Team lead. A team lead for a warehouse. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yep. How uh, How long is a work day for her? 12 hours. 12 hours. That's a haul. But, I mean, you know, listen, if we, listen, if we tacked on an additional three hours to our show every day and did eight hours. Yeah. I mean, we could do that. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. And then the other four hours would just be show prep. Well, let's talk to Bill. (laughs) See if we could work out. Yeah, sure. We could work something out. (laughs) We start the show like at four. Yeah. Yeah. Get those two hours early. All right. Well, listen, we do need to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to get you B-File stories that you require, my friend. It's coming up next. Make sure you stay close. We'll be going on. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. Brought to you this morning by Penn Distributors. You can join our very own Casey Boy at Colmar Beverage, formerly known as Beer Stop Beverage, on Route 309 this Friday from 1 to 3 p.m. for... The Zero Carb Bud Light Next Launch. Yeah. Uh, and you could win a four-pack of Flyers tickets. Wow. Visit WMMR.com for more details. So a fatal hit and run 
that stemmed from a fight between friends over mayonnaise... Yes. ...has ended with a Western Iowa man being sentenced to life in prison. Was the fight over mayonnaise versus a Miracle Whip? It wasn't that type of thing, okay. no. Christoph Erlbacher was sentenced to mandatory life sentence after being convicted of first-degree murder in the killing of 30-year-old Caleb Solberg. Investigators said the men were eating and drinking at a bar... When Earl Bacher put mayonnaise on Solberg's food, no. a fist fight between the two men ensued, and Earl Bacher left his truck, making threats to hurt Solberg and others. I'm going to kill you! The threat included calls to Solberg's half-brother, Craig Pryor, whom he later confronted and whose vehicle he rammed with his truck. Prosecutors say later that night, Earl Bacher spotted Solberg outside a cafe and ran him down with his truck, and he doubled back and ran over Solberg two more times to make Jeez. sure that he was dead. So it's safe to say he doesn't like mayonnaise. Well, I think the the guy, I think it's the the other way around. The guy had put mayonnaise on the other guy's sandwich, and he was the one that did the killing. It's oh, very weird. Oh, that's I, very weird. I don't, yeah, I thought it was the other way around, too. So anyhow. That's the way these stories usually go. Yep. So he had also, after he made sure that the guy was dead, he called his, the, his brother to make to tell him that he had just killed his okay. brother. Yeah. Robacher, well, thanks for the call. Unsuccessfully sought to reduce the charges to second-degree murder, arguing that he acted recklessly because he was drunk and didn't intend to kill Solberg. But he ran over him three yeah. times. Mm-hmm. It's, there seemed to be at least a slight element of intent. Yeah. This is messed up. Seven people died and at least two dozen were poisoned after doctors told them to swallow battery fluid before having x-ray. Oh, my what? God. The victims suffered agonizing deaths and chronic injuries Jeez. after the deadly blunder at St. Petersburg Municipal Diagnostic Center Number 1 Clinic in Russia. That can't be a blunder. That's an act of, that's a violent act. A senior Russian doctor has since been detained as part of a criminal probe into the mix-up accused of using industrial fluids not for human consumption. Dr. Ivigny Popov is being held on suspicion of causing death by negligence. Patients reportedly drank the battery fluid in preparation for undergoing x-rays of the esophagus, stomach, and intestines at the clinic. But they soon began to experience hellish symptoms that were allegedly uh, disregarded by medics. At least four of the patients passed away in less than two hour, 12 hours after downing the deadly cocktail. Expert pathologist Zahana Schmidt said in this clinic, they simply took an uncertified powder and dissolved it in water. What they received was actually battery fluid. This is not a metaphor. It's how it was. Car batteries also contain barium salts. Oh. And she said, as I understand it, this technical powder was sold for some kind of laboratory research and not for oral use. A 60-year-old woman was the first victim to be rushed to the hospital before she tragically passed away 12 hours later. Alex Saryov was then admitted after his condition dramatically deteriorated after home uh, after returning home from his X-ray. So you will do a barium swallow occasionally, and uh, is that the confusion? Yes, yeah, some kind of mix-up with that. Yes. So the terrifying tale was echoed by uh, other locals as another woman also suffered the same fate and passed away shortly after visiting Jeez. the clinic. A string of others were also admitted to the hospital before three more people died on February 1st. Wow. It's a freaking nightmare. Agonizing, too. So uh, they're obviously trying to find out what happened. A 22-year-old bobcat named Blanche was stolen from a zoo in the Poconos Friday morning. Bobcat. And according to uh, John Lauris, whose family has owned the Poconos Snake and Animal Farm for 15 years, he said this man just walked right in past the camera. 
Four minutes later, we see him struggling, kicking the bobcat out the door. Huh. According to Lowris, the front door of the business was left unlocked by an employee Thursday night. A ring surveillance camera recorded the man as he walked inside around 10.15 a.m. and left four minutes later with the struggling bobcat in tow. He's a cat. Uh, he dropped her several times in the parking lot and wrestled with her, he said. And I think uh, he said something like, I don't want to kill you. Uh, Blanche, is an hell? El- Blanche is an elderly cat medicated for arthritis and a heart condition. She's a sweetheart, too, Lauer said. But he knows that she didn't like to be manhandled. Employees found chunks of hair and a broken claw in the parking oh, lot. Bastard. I think it was the guy's hair. Uh, and state police believe that the man may have been injured in the struggle. Good. He hauled the cat, which typically weighs twenty between 20 and 22 pounds, into a red Hyundai and drove away. An employee arrived at Pocono Snake and Animal yes, Farm. my name is Blanche. I'm a bobcat, and I've been abducted. About 10 minutes later to find Blanche missing, a rolled-up $50 bill left in her place. <laughs> right? He paid for it? Yeah. He stole it, but paid for it. But Lowry's estimates bobcats are worth up to about $5,000. Oh. So, a uh, follow-up. The man that was accused of stealing Blanche was apprehended Friday evening. Thank God. Blanche That's was... him. The second one from the left. <laughs> Blanche was returned. name is Blanche T. Bobcat. The T's for the... Uh, Blanche <laughs> was returned to uh, Pocono Snake and Animal Farm with no apparent serious injury. So, oh, okay. you masha. Yeah, totally. One more story, and then we'll wrap up. Two people who were looking after a cabin in a remote part of California were rescued this week after being snowed in for two months. Yes. And facing a dwindling food supply. The unidentified couple called the Sierra County Sheriff's Office on Tuesday morning asking to be rescued from a cabin in the northwestern part of the county, about two hours north of Sacramento. Uh, The couple told officials that they were stranded there after a winter storm in December had left significant snowfall and fallen trees. Sheriff's Office asked the Highway Patrol to airlift the couple and their small dog. Uh, The office said that when the couple called Tuesday, they said they were running low on food. The CHP released a video showing a helicopter flying near the home and said that it was able to land near the cabin while very strong winds were blowing, blowing, and the couple was then reunited with friends. But they have been there for two months, stuck. So we're, we were looking at an aerial shot. I guess you can't tell what level or how deep the snow was, but it definitely remote. Yeah, they couldn't get out of there. There was, there was no way they had to have fallen trees and stuff like that. All right, and there you go. Your bizarre file for you, my friend. Hey, we have a new Daily Rush video hey, hey. for you to check out. Our friend G. Love was on the program last week. Talks about his new album, his new baby, and his new NFT. And you can check that out now. And we'll send it to you if you follow WMMR. You'll get it sent to you if you follow on Instagram. Uh, it's sponsored by Xfinity's Gig Speed Internet. Learn more at Xfinity.com. We'll take a break. and We'll be right back. Lesson questions coming up next. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Monday it is, and so let's give some stuff away. I think that can usually spice up a Monday pretty well. 
Uh, if you've been paying oh, yeah. attention, then we're going to go with a lesson question that you might know the answer to. And the prize that we're going to give away a pair of tickets is MMR Rocks Steel Panther. Saturday, April 30th, and they will be at the Sound Waves at Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. The question that I have for you is, I think we have to go with this, how many tacos is a chundle? (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to that. How many tacos is a chundle? You had to have heard that earlier this morning in order to know the answer. 215-263-WMMR. Trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, well, we're waiting for your answer. We'll get the stories. What's up, Steve? Well, Elton John will miss his own annual Oscars party for the first time in 30 years. Sadly, when the Oscars were rescheduled this year, the new date fell squarely on Elton's annual celebrity warthog hunt. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Ellen Mirren is addressing the controversy over playing former Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir in a new biopic, even though she's not Jewish. Mirren says while that is true, she still feels qualified because she once gave oral to Jackie Mason. And finally, Shannon Mokler explaining in a recent interview why she called Khloe Kardashian a donkey 10 years ago, said Mokler, quote, because I thought she was a donkey. Heidi, <laughs> we'll see if you know the answer to this. How many tacos are in a chundle? And I'm going to go to Kelly, see if we can get the answer. Hi, Kelly. Hi, guys. Hey, so how many tacos are a chundle? 100. You got it. You got it. Congratulations, Kelly. Hang on the line. We're going to set you up with a pair of tickets as MMR Rocks Steel Panther. That is Saturday, April 30th at Soundwaves, and that is at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. via Ticketmaster. You can click on contest WMMR.com to get all the details. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. The Red Hot Chili Peppers will issue their first new music since 2016 with the April 1st release of their 12th studio set called Unlimited Love. Uh, The new album was produced by Rick Rubin and marks the return of former guitarist Sean Frusciante after over a decade away from the band. Uh, They've dropped the first song and video from the set, which is titled Black Summer. We played that last week. Cool sound and tune. Uh, They released a statement. It says, our only goal is to get lost in the music. We spend thousands of hours collectively and individually honing our craft and showing up for one another to make the best album that we could. Our antenna attuned to the divine cosmos. We were just so damn grateful for the opportunity to be in a room together and, once again, try to get better. Days, weeks, and months spent listening to each other, composing, jamming freely, and arranging arranging the fruit of those jams with great care and purpose. Uh, the sounds, rhythms, vibrations, words, and melodies had us enwrapped. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, they said, we yearn to shine a light in the world, to uplift, connect, and bring people together. Each of the songs on our new album, Unlimited Love, is a facet of us reflecting our view of the universe. This is our life's mission. We work, focus, and prepare so that when the biggest wave comes, we are ready to ride it. Uh, the ocean has gifted us a mighty wave, and this record is the ride that is the sum of our lives. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Back off, War Trout. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, Anthony was there. Yeah. That's right. He was one of those guys, you know, in that movie. <laughs> so the track list is as follows. Black Summer, Here Ever After, 
aquatic mouth dance. Ah, nice. Not the one. Summer loving. Poster child. Uh, the great apes. Sandra D. <laughs> no. Uh, it's only natural. She's a lover. These are the ways. What you thinking? Ooh, I like what you thinking. Bastards of light. You bastards of light. White braids and pillow chair. You try to you try to figure what these songs will be about or what the the tone will be. There's no way to discern that. One way traffic. Uh, Veronica. That's an Elvis custom. Yeah, it song. is. It's a great song. Uh, Let him cry. The heavy wing and Tangelo is the full track listing. That's and a the lot final of cut is the Chundle Shuffle. That's a lot of songs. Yeah. So uh, very cool that they are offering up what seventeen songs on there. Yeah, yeah. it's been a long time since you've heard a, a band release. That many cuts yep. at once. Full length. Green, Do's, Green Day's Billy Joe Armstrong is asking for the, for the public's help in finding his car that was recently stolen in Costa Mesa, California. On Saturday, he shared several pictures of the car on Instagram, writing, My car was stolen. 1962 Chevy 2. Wow. This car is near and dear to all our hearts and has been in the Green Day family for over 30 years. Please sending, uh, send any sightings, tips, or info to the Costa Mesa police. Okay, so this is obviously a collector's classic. Yeah. It's in mint condition. Yeah. It's unfortunate. So he posted uh, the police phone number, and if anybody knows, they're hoping somebody will reach out. Former Oasis frontman Liam Gallagher has teamed up with Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters producer Greg Kirsten for Gallagher's new single called Everything's Electric. Uh, the track, which was co-written by Grohl and Gallagher, will appear on Gallagher's upcoming solo album titled Come On, You Know, which drops on May 27th. According to a press release, the pair was attempting to capture the thunderous dynamics of Beastie Boys' sabotage mm. with the spiraling tension and danger of the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter. It'll be interesting to see what that sounds like. Bruce Springsteen has just issued Tower Theater 12995, the latest official bootleg of his ongoing monthly archive series. And the show was recorded in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. How at cool! The, at the Tower. And called from his 95 to 97 solo acoustic tour behind his 1995 Grammy Award winning album, The Ghost of Tom, Ch- uh, I almost said Chode. <laughs> Next one is called The Ghost of Tom Chode. Tom Jode. Uh, the set marks the boss's fifth dip into the soundboards from this historic tour. I think uh, Chundle Road was on that. <laughs> I, I thought it was Chundle of Love. Okay. Born to Grundle. <laughs> Wow. There we go. Uh, the new release features uh, the first dip into the solo acoustics tour initial leg. This is darkness on the edge of Chode. <laughs> and marks uh, the first of Vault release from the uh, tour to include all 12 songs from the then recent Ghost of Tom Chode album at that time. The song's called Born to Nutsack. <laughs> He's not even trying at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not subtle at all. No. <laughs> And then finally, I'm going to reiterate this story. This will be a third time okay. that we've mentioned this. But Eddie Vedder says he hated Motley Crue in the 80s. And now one of the uh, band's very own is firing off thoughts on this matter, calling Pearl Jam uh, boring. Nikki Six tweeted out some zingers on Saturday, writing, Made me laugh today, reading how much the singer in Pearl Jam hated Motley Crue. Now considering that they're one of the most boring bands in history, it's kind of a compliment, isn't it? Boring! And then he went on and launched a few other insults. But apparently, Vetter got the whole thing started, uh, taking aim at Motley Crue specifically in a recent New York Times article in which he called the four fellas and their whole vibe a bit thin on substance, 
while answering questions about whether any ripples from the Gen X alt culture explosion of the 70s and 80s extended to the present. He didn't hold back when describing an old gear loading gig of his. He was a roadie. He said, I'd end up being at shows that I wouldn't have chosen to go to, bands that monopolized late 80s MTV. The metal bands that, and he said, I'm trying to be nice, I despised. Girls, 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 Motley Crue, F you. I hated it. I hated it. I hated how it made the fellas look. I hated how it made the women look. It felt so vacuous. Uh, He went on to say that uh, he thanked God that Guns N' Roses came around to put some teeth back into the genre. And finally, he took a shot at Heather Locklear and Tommy Lee. So, I'm curious, because he he took it up to a certain point, as we said. But then, then he had to say... Motley Crue, F you. Uh-huh. So, you know, like he was making his point, but that I think that's where he, he stepped over a little bit. Do you agree? I don't know. I think he was using them as an example right. and then saying F you to the whole. Not that it matters. I think he was saying F you to more than Motley Crue. Yeah, I know. It's just the one band mentioned you know, by name. But the whole um, the hair thing and what it had eventually gotten to, it right. did get ridiculous towards the Oh, my God, yeah. It got stupid after and a while. And it caved in on itself. And that's why it yeah. imploded. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I forgot to mention this earlier when we were uh, giving my review of the show on Friday night, but uh, they closed with Purple Rain. And uh, first of all, it's a fantastic song. Second of all, they nailed it. But, like, Purple Rain is kind of like pop. and, and Totally. You know, and, and that was... Uh, uh, Eddie Vedder and the Earthlings doing a Prince song at the end of the night. So it's not like he can't have fun, you know, and enjoy himself at a show. And, yeah. and certainly wasn't boring. For whatever reason, he didn't like the, the I guess, the machismo of all the, um, yeah. of that 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 brand of music, if you will, or that, that subset of music at that time. So, I don't know. But nonetheless, they've been kind of going back and forth. And uh, I think it was uh, Pearl Jam officially posted a, a video of their <laughs> One of their concerts of the, the audience just going absolutely crazy. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we hate our boring fans. <laughs> so uh, it's a little, little back and forth. And it, it will probably go on for a little I'm while. I'm sure. We'll hear a little bit more about it. All right. And there you go. That's what I have in music news for you this morning. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second. Get ready to wrap the program up. Don't go away because we'll have our letter of the day in a moment. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Wrapping today's program. Um, 40 degrees today. It's going to get better weather-wise as the week goes on. we got clouds today. we got sun returning tomorrow. High of 43. And then Wednesday, jumping up almost 10 degrees. It's all good stuff. Into the low 50s. And that continues into Thursday. Maybe even mid-50s by the time we get into uh, Thursday. And then Friday, around 50 degrees. So, yeah. With that, increase that way by the end of next next week, 100. 100 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that kind of uh, movement, no. But it's <laughs> nice to have warmer days in uh, in February. Uh, Casey, you had posted that uh, that reporter's take yeah. on February. Dude, it was so funny. It was excellent. I mean, because that was like a legit news story, right? Yeah. It's just how stark February is and how you've just had it. 
with winter by the time February rolls around. Yeah, yeah. And he nailed it. Yeah, one of my favorite on. lines is he talks about, you know, February is so bleak that they, they invented Valentine's Day to, to cheer it up. Right, and right. And then, uh, you know, and then also, also Ash Wednesday to remind everybody that we will die one day. Right. <laughs> right. So with uh, with warmer temps coming this week, that's a nice, bright, little, shining moment in your February. Absolutely. And uh, next thing you know, we'll be at the MMRBQ sitting on the lawn, oh. enjoying a nice late spring, early uh, summer day. That's when I slowly mm. take my shorts off and see if anyone notices. Oh, yep, yeah. yep. Why not? <laughs> All right, we want to thank our guest uh, Martin Cole. Yeah. Had his uh, kids, Jesse and Rachel, on. Wasn't a great connection. You know, it yeah. happens. But nonetheless, they have a uh, podcast that's called Kicking It With The Coves. So it was nice to have them on this morning. Uh, we need to do the letter of the day. That's going to be you, Case, right? Got you, Bill. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. B as in blackjack. All right. And we have a chance for you to win a two-night stay at Live Hotel plus a $300 dining credit to use at any live casino and hotel Philadelphia restaurant, including the Prime Rib, Sports and Social, or uh, Luck Foo. And you can uh, check out Live uh, Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. Vote best overall gaming resort in Pennsylvania. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, uh, and of note, when you called me boo there for a second, it made me think of something. Uh, our uh, One of our all-time favorite people, Angela Perfetto, from our yeah. Totally Office calendar, ran a half marathon. Yeah. So we're very proud of her. Angela's in great shape. And another one of our calendar girls, Ashley Marie Gallo, is going to have a baby. So we were very happy to hear those uh, two bits of news concerning our uh, Presidency Calendar gal. So that's awesome, man. Good for them. All right, let me thank our sponsors. Presidency Show brought to you today. Uh, I already did that part. Yes, uh, the letter of the day. But now we've got the sponsor brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the Presidency Show. And by Acme, you can visit uh, the or download the Acme app today to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks today. Visit acmemarkets.com for details. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, so we'll give away tattoo action for Tattoo Tuesday. And we have a big jewelry giveaway for Valentine's Day with Steven Singer tomorrow morning. Yeah, we're not kidding. Yes. Yeah, so Lots being given away. Goodies to be won tomorrow on this program. That is it. We are done. Ray John, and have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. Everybody, it's good to have you on the bat bat, two da bat, two ba 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 ba